2: Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
3: Post Game Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney.
4: Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike
5: Missanelli. Well, you know who Philly is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
6: Hey everybody! What's up? Sports Take Jenkins Sports YouTube Network on this Tuesday. Hope you're doing great out what up, there. What up? What up? Derek Gunbar Brooks. What's up, fellas? What's the
7: deal, babe? What's the deal? What's Watch that game oh, yeah. last night. Got hype.
6: I got you hype. I don't know what you it got, got hype. I don't you know, know man. Um,
8: I was more in. I was more stunned uh, by one team's lack of performance than I was hyped. Um, but basically. The way Tampa Bay played last night was the way they played much of this season. Um, it just goes to show you sometimes certain teams just don't deserve to be in the playoffs. No, Absolutely. it's exactly
6: what it showed you. There's a reason why that team was under 500. What's up, Chris? What's up, Eric? What's up, Tyler? Television man, Casey, Peter, M. Reyes, John Dickerson, uh, Teron, JB. What's happening, everybody? Um, I'm with you guys. Like I-, I was just bummed out that it wasn't. And Sean, what's up, Sean? She won. Uh, it wasn't an entertaining game. The game sucked. You, look, you knew from the jump, and I'm telling you guys, I know it's easy to say, and we, the people will say, were you saying the same thing with the Jaguars game? I felt like Tampa was lifeless. That team was not only are they not good, they're not coached well, they're not prepared. Like I, I started thinking a couple, Number one, I love Todd Bowles. He's a Temple guy. He's not a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. No, and, no. You know, Byron Leftwich should have jumped at the Jags job when he could have had it because those got jobs don't come along very often and now yeah. that offense is a mess and Brady is either going to retire or be somewhere else he's not going to play there next year and they're going to stink
8: I can't tell you the last time I saw Brady underthrow, overthrow so many receivers
6: Me too. it was like
8: he was under duress all night and and you're right at a point it just like he just didn't care anymore you know once he realized Dallas kept putting points in the board and they couldn't even finish the drive it's like you know, it's like, you know, the season's over. Um, yeah. It, it, and you're right. And, I, and I've said this time and time again, you know, there, there are coaches who are better coordinators and position coaches than head coaches. And and I hate to say that because Todd Bowles is such a good dude. I've had a chance to interview him and, and talk to him on a number of occasions. He's, you know, he's just a down-to-earth good dude. But he's a, he's a brilliant defensive mind. He's just not the right guy to oversee the entire circus. I hate yeah. to say that. He's—he's. Yeah.
7: He's, he, you're right I mean some guys are just meant to be just like for instance you know Stalin is meant to be an offensive line coach yeah I don't yeah. know if he could be a head coach I don't know if he could be a coordinator but he is meant and ordained to be a offensive line coach that's why he's a guru that's why he stays where he is certain guys aren't meant to be coordinators. certain guys aren't meant to be head coaches then certain guys aren't meant to be coordinators or, or 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 position coaches you know right. most guys delegate right. you know so it really depends on you know what an organization is looking for but also right. you got to understand who you are as a coach like right. i don't know what's going on with 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 um you know with 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 uh the the uh chiefs officer coordinator i don't Airbnb know what Airbnb. Airbnb. I, I, yeah. I don't know why he's not a head coach is he gonna be had good head coach material i don't know i mean he hasn't had the option maybe he doesn't Go in and he, you know, he does the interview well. I don't know, but I see it like I see him getting leapfrogged by a lot of people. Then I look at, you know, I'm looking at um, uh, the Bills defensive coordinator, he's only had one head coaching shot now. It's when he was in Minnesota,
8: Leslie Frazier, Leslie
7: Frazier. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know what you know what that is about, you know. And I'm, I'm not going because you know they're 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 black head coaches, I'm not you know, I'm not even talking about that, but you know, there's there's certain guys that don't fulfill that need to be a, a head coach you know what I'm saying I didn't think that Doug would be a good head coach but he's pretty damn good he's very good at being a head coach certain guys are built for it. I don't think Todd Bowles is built for being a head coach because you could tell how it's not un, unenthused but I don't know how reactionary he was to you know to to stop and to stomping out the fire you had the best quarterback to ever play the game um on the field and you cannot stop the bleeding. You got to figure out a way to do that. Just like you look you know you look at what the Pittsburgh did. He stopped the bleeding. He got that team to over 500. We thought that this would be the first time he's not going to be um uh you know when you know a winning season.
8: Yeah. He did
7: it. He did it. So certain people just aren't built to do that. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't know what's going on, man.
8: I, I think it's the itch, Barrett. A lot of coaches, they have the ultimate goal. I want to be my own head man one day. Right. You know? And I don't think they're realistic with themselves. And, and whether it's the college ranks or the pros, a number of guys get that opportunity, and, and you soon find out exactly what you're made of. And many more of them fail than than succeed. When you mentioned a Jeff Stoutland, I think Je- Jeff Stoutman is true to himself. He understands what his calling is, and that's to be an offensive line coach. And let's face it, you know, Jeff Stoutland makes a low seven figures, but that's still seven figures to be an offensive line coach in the National Football League, which is unheard of. If you think 20 years ago, an mm-hmm. offensive line coach making a seven-figure income. You know, so he know- he knows his limitations and his strength, which is to mold, build, and mentor offensive linemen. But, you know, I don't fault Adam Gase, Todd Bowl, Cliff Kingsbury for accepting an opportunity that's presented to them as human nature would tell us, hey, you know what? I never thought about this, but let me see if I can do it. And you quickly find out, you know, uh, maybe that's not the case. And you're right. I've heard this time and time again about Eric Biennemi. Great offensive mind, but maybe he does not interview well. Now, when you think about there's five jobs out there right now and how many coaches have interviewed for multiple positions to head coach? The enemy, correct me if I'm wrong, the enemy has only had one interview. You know, so I don't know if he's lackluster in his interviews. Um, if if maybe, maybe he shoots himself in the foot. Maybe he goes in to do it because Andy Reese, said, you know what, you got to try. I think you, maybe, maybe somebody's trying to mo- motivate him to do this more so than he's motivated himself to be a head coach and somehow goes in and just does it to get the experience but realize I got a great thing in Kansas City with a future Hall of Fame head coach. Why would I want to go anywhere else?
7: Well, you know, Eric Winters has something there. B. Brooks, Shady said it because Eric was a a-hole behind closed doors. I, I know him personally. He's Who, my frat you know brother. Eric, you know Eric B. Enemy? Yeah, he's my frat okay. brother. You know, we uh, he went to Colorado. We kicked it, you know what I'm saying, on different occasions, you know, from a frat brother level. This is before me and him were even in the NFL. So I know him at that level. And, you know, he's always been, I mean, he's been that dude, you know, even then, like, I remember playing against him in Colorado, you know, every time you went to go play there, all you heard was, Eric B. Enemy. Man, if the crowd goes nuts, this guy, he was at work when he was in Colorado. Now,
4: mm-hmm.
7: you know, I haven't talked to him about probably, you know, a couple of years, but, you know, he seemed cool to me. I don't know what it is to be coached by him, you know, because I know I've seen, you know, sometimes on the sideline that, you know, he and, he and, uh, he and Patrick, you know, get into it a little bit. But as you know, that that, that comes with being, you know, two okay. alpha males, you know what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in a situation of football. I mean, also, I mean, look at another example. Swartz. Swartz was a head coach with uh, the Detroit Lions for five years. Goes to Philly. Yeah. Goes to Philly. Gets talked about being a head coach again. People wanted to bring him in. Interviewed, just never had, you know, that nobody pulled the trigger. He's been out of fo- not out of football. He's been out of coaching as a, as a, coordinator for the past what five years now he's the defensive coordinator now for Cleveland. for the Browns you mm-hmm. know so it really depends on who you are you know I really think that the head coach for the Chargers should be out of there he hadn't done mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. so I mean I you know you just gotta have you just you just gotta know who you are like me gotcha. me I couldn't be a good head coach
9: um,
6: all right, so we'll, we'll just get it back to last night for a minute. So what we saw was Dallas dominate.
8: Uh, yeah,
6: Dak Prescott probably played the best game of his life. Start to finish. Just total destruction. Per-
8: perfect storm.
6: Total destruction, yeah, on both sides of the ball. Um Brady and the Bucks look terrible. As usual, no running game. As usual, bad protection. As usual, I, I there were at least three instances where he and Mike Evans are on, on different pages, which I don't know. For two veterans who have played together a lot, three years how that's happening week 18 uh it tells me this team is just utterly unprepared uh you know on on a million different levels the lack of creativity the whole thing so i guess my question is for you guys was this more of dallas looking awesome and this is the you know what dallas could be versus tampa is a total total fraud
8: um I think once I, I, I honestly believe once Dallas went up by two scores, even though Brett Mayer, oh my goodness, uh missed the two extra points. I think Tampa Bay knew that it was going to be a long night. And you hate to say anybody just cashed it in when you're when you're playing the game at the highest level. You're supposed to have X amount of pride. And Tampa Bay had the eighth ranked defense in the league. They played like they were the 30th ranked defense in the league last night. Dak picked that deep, but that starts with coaching. Your coaches should be able to motivate you a lot better. You had time to prepare for this. Um, And for you to get under the national lights of Monday night and come out there and do that, that was a disgrace. You know, that was was. a disgrace for Tampa Bay fans. That was a disgrace to players who are picking up paychecks as the season concludes and getting a playoff bonus as well for just making it to the playoffs. That was a total disgrace what they put on the field last night. Yeah,
6: and to have a home game Uh on top of it.
8: And a home game on top of that. It's you know, even worse.
6: You, yeah, you, it was worse. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I keep looking at it from Brady's perspective. Like, is, is he so prideful that he doesn't want to go out like this? Right. Or does he say, look, I'm not the same guy. Like enough already. It's time to pull the plug here. I, I can't figure him out. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, they're the two schools of thought when you're Brady uh, of, of how you go about this thing.
7: Well, I'm gonna tell you the truth Um with, with me. And me being a former player, it probably has nothing to do with anything to prove. I think he's just playing because he just loves playing. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's one of those things where a guy just loves to play. And as long as he can still play at a high level, why won't I keep playing? You know, I think it's a lot different than most people. When you, you know, when you when you have that that when you have that that you know uh ability to keep playing, why not keep playing?
10: Mm-hmm.
7: I mean, he's still a top three quarterback in the NFL right now, his numbers proven. I mean, was he third in, in total passing yardage and touchdowns and, and offense, you know, when he like top three. So, I mean, why would he want to just stop playing? You know, when he doesn't have to, yeah. I, I, I was under the impression with myself that I would make sure that I played until I absolutely exhausted every opportunity. And I did too. An injury took me out year 12 an injury took me out. I, I mean, I was going to keep playing. If I didn't, hadn't got injured then, I'd have probably still been playing now hmm. at 50 years old, if I could, you know what I'm saying? If I could, you know, right. I mean, I, I couldn't, I mean, I could see signs on the wall, you know, I could see probably my, my 10th year when I see a blitz coming and I see the blitz cause, like, Oh, I'm about to go get the blitz. I'm popping out. Popping out. Oh, I'm popping out here. And I still can't. Oh, there he goes. Hey, watch out. I was supposed to get him, but I didn't get him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I me, mean, those guys now bigger, stronger, faster. He's still one of the top hmm. quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, it's not like he would go somewhere else and be a backup. If he goes somewhere else, he's going to be a starter. If he stays where he is, he's going to be a starter. It's totally different from what you see in uh, in, in Green Bay.
10: Mm-hmm.
7: Totally different circumstances. Green no, Bay, didn't. they're stopping a player from from blossoming because they have a guy that's there who's still the best quarterback in the league.
6: Right. No, makes sense. But but So let's go to the other side of this thing. Brady, we'll see. To be determined, he's going to take some time. I'll tell you what, this sets sets up for a heck of a matchup next week with the Cowboys and the 49ers, man. This Absolutely. is going to be two heavyweights uh, if Dallas plays this way, if Dak plays this way, if they're able to establish things the way that they did, you know, yet last night. And, again, I don't know how much of that is they were just playing a crap team that had no business being in the playoffs. But I got to give credit where credit's due. Dallas played well, and, and Dak was in total command last night.
7: Shoot, Dak, man. I think Dak, That dudes they, when they played, was- yeah, he could probably – yeah. I mean, he he, dude, I mean, looking at what they did and the way the difference played and the way they just were lights out, I think they're going to beat the 49ers. And I'm not going that far be, yet.
8: I mean, I'm they came close far. to beating them. They, they, came, they came close to beating them last year. It was 23-17 last year. Absolutely, absolutely. But if but if Dallas plays this type of game, it could be a last possession game. could come down to the last possession. And say what you want to say about Dak, but – when it comes down to a game like that on the playoff stage, I'd much rather have the ball in the hands of a quarterback, even though his playoff record was one in three, but he has that experience compared to a rookie who's been riding this Cinderella wave all season long. And eventually the clock's going to strike 12 on this kid, you know, somewhere. How does he handle a pressure of that magnitude, you know, when it's one and done, this is it. This is your last chance. Can you handle that type of pressure in that scenario? You want a veteran quarterback more so than a rookie who's been, the Cinderella story of the league all season long, but I think that's going to be the second best game. There's one, when I talk about when you start stacking up the the, the four games this weekend, to me, it's one and one eight. I think that Cincinnati Buffalo game is going to be an incredible game. I put them at one. I put Dallas San Fran. If that Dallas team that played last night shows up against the 49ers on a short week, which I think is bogus for a couple of teams that have to play short weeks, you know, the giants play on Sunday. Now they got to play on Saturday you know Dallas plays on a Monday now they got to play on a turnaround on a Sunday but i think those two games are going to be explosive type games in a, in a number of ways yep i i think that they're going to beat
7: they're going to beat the 49ers because not because of you know Purdy and the cinderella story you know like you know it's 12 o'clock and a glass slipper you know all that stuff right. i'm just saying right. that i mean Dallas is a good team it's the best team it's the best team that the, that the 49ers will play that played probably now uh, they well I I actually think Dallas will beat the Chiefs too the Chiefs is the best team that the 49ers played this year and that was a battle this will be the best team in the NFC that they'll play this year from this point right now the way Dallas is playing they're playing very very well now do they scare me no because we know them we uh you know we played against them we know what we can do now. This team is confident. You'll see a much different team than you saw uh the previous four weeks from the Eagles. You're gonna see a different team. This will be a more put together team, a more confident team, and more, you know, healthier than they've been in the past eight weeks. They'll be healthy enough to go out there and and, and play a, a complete game plan against this Giants team. But when you look at Dallas and you go player for player against the 49ers, this will be a great game, man, because their DBs. Besides uh the, the safety uh twenty nine, their DBs, I don't know if they can handle the speed that they have the wide receiver position with those corners that they have.
8: Who you, you mean Dallas, I mean? Dallas handling the 49ers speed? The, no, no,
7: Dallas handling no, Dallas will be their defense will be okay against uh against um, you
8: know, that that's, offense Purdy. That, that's awesome. my that's my biggest that's my biggest criteria when I look at that matchup, Barrett. Can Dallas' secondary, which plays undisciplined at times, handle the speed right about that, that the right about 49ers that. have at the wideout position? And when it comes to scheming, even with Brock Purdy in there, when it comes to scheming, look at the play design San Francisco runs for Brock Purdy compared to what Dallas runs. I mean, you basically know what Dallas is going to run. Dak Prescott, although Dak has been running the last three games, which is shocked me because – I didn't think Dak was going to run it all this year. Right, He's been running for <laughs> the past <laughs> three games. He found like, out against us. Yes. He brought that out against us. Yes. But who's who's going to match up with Dallas? Who's going to match up with Christian McCaffrey? Who's Because you got to have Michael Parsons on the attack. You can't have Michael Parsons dropping back in coverage. Well, let, let's not forget, too, they weren't good against the run.
6: Uh, now, forget Tampa, because Tampa's run is, is – they're the worst running it's, team in football. the future, right, yeah. right, right. Dallas was not good against the run during the regular season. So just well, keep it, that in mind, and you're H- going to have Tampa you know, with Mitchell and McCaffrey, yes.
7: you know, and, and Debo occasionally. You know, yes. Yeah. Well, and I who's gonna say going to say they didn't have Leighton Van Der Esch either during that time period where they were bad against the run either. Leighton Van Der Esch is back, and you saw the difference he made in that game going against Leonard. He was a major impact in that game. And we know Anthony Barr can play, you know, just as well as any linebacker in the league. Um, I I you know the guy that worries me the most is um uh Donovan Wilson, number six. Mm-hmm. A really, really good safety plays well around uh, the line of scrimmage. Yes, he is. I think he'll be the X factor going against that that um that offense. He'll be the X factor. He can he can Ooh. run with Christian McCaffrey, you know what I'm saying? He can handle Christian McCaffrey. He didn't think he can handle, you know, the other running back also. But can can the 49ers offense, I me mean, a defense, handle both both uh, you know, both the running backs there. Pollard and Zeke I'll tell you and what Pollard, Pollard and, and, and Zeke, Zeke found, you know, a new life saying, All right, everybody's talking about this Pollard kid. Let me show you that I'm still Zeke. You know what I'm saying? I can still play. And mm-hmm. he started pounding them, pounding them. Can I'll they hold that,
8: up? I'll take D'Amico Ryans over Dallas the defensive coordinator in a big game. I mean, Ooh, D'Amico, I know, my, D'Amico Ryans has proved himself not over the last Quinn, couple bro. of years. D'Amico I Ryan know. is
7: good, I agree he's not good. better than Quinn.
8: I, I I tell you what. Dallas plays undisciplined on defense at times, and they start jaw jacking with each other. See, that's the problem. When things start going bad for that, look at that first game against the Eagles. They haven't changed much. When they started jaw jacking and taking extra shots at the end of the game, that's they, big, they, yeah. they get out of they get out of their game mentally. Now big Dan Quinn's is one of the best in the business. I give you that. But D'Amico Ryan's learned his lesson well from Robert Seller. He does. That's what I'm telling you right now. Plus, I like 49ers overall defensive personnel better than I like Dallas's. Uh, and, and the question is,
6: are, are the, the you know I didn't, it didn't feel to me at least you know and Dak was sacked once. It didn't feel like there was a lot of pressure on him last night. No. Nope. Niners no. going to put pressure on. him okay there's no doubt about that uh bosa and that wrecking crew are going to get after him so that's going to be another thing he's not going to be as comfortable and i'll give that credit he made quick decisions i'm not taking anything away he played not brilliant,
10: yes, he brilliant did. last night
6: but this is going to be a whole different deal with this defense that he's going against than that 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 bucks team man they went through the motions last night and yeah, i can't did. believe that in a playoff game but
7: they did
8: they, they stole they, they
7: look absolute they look uh, they look like they didn't want to be there i mean it, 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 uh, to me, it felt like Tom Brady was by himself. And he had a bad game also. Brady sucked. Yeah, he had a bad game. Brady bro.
6: sucked. Brady missed throws that you should never, ever, ever miss. Yeah. That yeah, you should be them. A Brady they, miss him. You him, Brady, miss them. It's hard to believe now. They had a little bit of life when he threw that red zone pick, which is the right. first one in his career at Tampa. But when he threw that, which was an awful throw, throw it into the freaking seats, man. That right. That is, you know, elemental. But, the, you know, he stunk. It. He's stuck.
7: I, I mean, I, I like. I, I trust me, I do. I like their defense. I love their defense. I like the way they play. Javon Kinlaw being back, him and both on the same side, they wreak havoc. But
8: Fred I mean, Warner in the middle.
7: But you know. like I said, man, I mean, that you got JP on one side. You know what I'm saying? Who's a, who's, who's who bowed there.
8: out in the second quarter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you
10: see the
7: tap out? He, he tapped out of the second quarter.
6: And I love it. Like Buck and Aikman are like, oh wow, well, Jason Peters tapping out. I'm like, Dude, how many times <laughs> yeah, have we yeah, seen this? Yeah, you <laughs> think like you're yeah. surprised in any way, shape, or form that he's uh, uh, tapping out?
7: I, that's what I'm saying. We never did pause about that, didn't you? I I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, JP being JP. You yep. know what I'm saying? But yep. I tell you what, Tyron Matt, uh Tyron Smith is playing at a high level at the right time.
8: Yes, he is. He, yes he is.
6: Uh he he's legit that kid.
8: Yeah,
7: oh Taylor Smith is really yeah, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is looking. Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith is a Tyler Smith. Yeah. Tyler Smith, rookie. Tyler, yeah. Smith on the right side. Yeah, he's. I thought yeah. he was always a left tackle. He's playing yeah. a damn good job at right tackle, and yeah. that's the reason why I think that they'll play well. They're going to have both over the over the rookie, but I tell you what, he's a pretty good athlete, man. He he can move yeah, he around. Is. You know, you he's know played saying? well. You, you slide the protection to him. You know, I, I think he'll be okay. He'll be okay. Now he's not going to be able to go one on one against. Uh, against Bosa, he's not gonna be able to do that. I'm not gonna put no, it at that point, no. but he'll fight him, man. And that's all you want is somebody to fight him, you know, two guys, you know, going at it like that. It's gonna be a good game, man. In fact, when is it? What time is this game being played?
6: So, the game times, uh, for this weekend, uh, the early game is the Jags Chiefs on Saturday, then it's the Eagles Sunday at three o'clock, Bengals Bills, 6 30 is the Cowboys 49ers. So, that's the, the Cowboys that's 49ers,
8: a- Sunday
10: night.
8: dude. Bengals. This is this is a
7: great. This is a great slate of, of football, bro.
8: Yeah, it yeah. is.
7: They messed yeah. me all up with the, you know what I'm saying, the the, the Saturday game, man. Come on, Saturday, 8-15. You ain't even kiss, me, man. You can at least kiss me, man. You ain't even kissing me, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. 8.15. Don't
8: remind, don't remind I'm me. Try, yeah, I'm, it's yet. Tuesday. I can't do it don't, to myself yet. i my a good mean? move. Don't <laughs> yeah, I mean, Like Saturday, I'm going to have myself all it, messed man. up.
6: Can I at least get through <laughs> the rest of the week before I do that to myself? Why I mean, oh, you want to do that, way, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Do Let, that Can I play the mental gymnastics a little later in the week? I mean, week, seriously, part? man. Okay. Come on,
8: be brook Bro. Let's put a moratorium
6: on that talk. Right. going not do that. But I was saying, I was
7: saying, I thought I was the only one, Uh, you know, just like depressed. But no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got. No, it. you're I'm not.
8: Okay, me, you're bro. not. Dude. Come on, Brooks, stop, stop. <laughs> um, but,
6: no, I
8: brought me down, man. We're, we,
6: show, <laughs> by the way, we good show today. We have Matt Lombardo at 12:30. Matt's going to join us from uh, Heavy on Sports, senior NFL reporter, covered the covers the entire league, but heavy on the Giants and the Eagles. So he's going to be 12:30. David Murphy from the Inquirer is down at Eagles practice today. They are practicing. Uh, because everything's pushed up a day. Normally this is an off day, but you're playing on Saturday. So they're practicing today. So David's going to join us at two. Initially he was going to be on with us at one, but he's got responsibilities talking to to the players and coaching access and all that. So he's going to join us at two. There's no way we're ending this segment without talking about Brett Mars for missed PATs. It's never happened. (laughs) If you're the Cowboys, you got to bring somebody else in, right? This guy is the yips. He missed a PAT in the Washington game. Their yes. last
7: regular season yeah, game. He yes,
6: he's missed so five in the last two games.
7: So when it when it came up on the uh when it came up on the um on the tick, it said uh, four in a row. I'm like, it's only been three. Oh, that's right. He did miss one. Yes, in the last game. I'm like, oh man. I'm like, I was the first thing I thought. Vegas is rolling. Vegas is rolling. But I was like, no, they're, they're beating the hell out of them. So it's not it has nothing to do with Vegas. You know what I'm saying? They're killing them. But I was, thinking, I was thinking, you know, somebody well, might, have, might
6: have applied to the over under,
7: right? <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, um, I was thinking the fix right then and there. He,
6: well, you're thinking it's setting up for Brady to be able to come back and right. haunt them late in the game. Then you realized this ain't this ain't Tom Brady, and this I don't know what this garbage Bucks team is. So it's not really going to matter at this point.
8: Here, here's the thing about Brett Mayer; he's a really good kicker. Yeah, it, and, it, and the yeah, the dude was 29 of 32. He com- he converted 90.6 of his field goals, okay? He was nine for nine from 20 to 29 yards, five for five from 30 to 39 yards, six of seven, 40 to nine yards, and nine of 11 from 50-plus yards. Now, how in the world he missed? And then if to insult the injury as it was going downhill for him, one clings off the upright. And I'm thinking, dude, I, if I'm Dallas, I'm holding tryouts this week. I, yeah, I've, I got two. I've got to. I've got to. Yep. Now, you know, if everybody I,
6: mean, I bring in looks like garbage too, I guess. Or, uh, man, I'm heavily considering going for two. I don't know. I, I can't. If you trust that guy in a big spot, I don't. Now, it, he's You saw what McCarthy
8: that, did, right? You saw what McCarthy did. Yeah, on a chip shot field goal, he went for the fourth. For no, 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 you stay right here. <laughs> Would you trust him? And he didn't. He didn't have to kick any big field goals last
6: night. Would you have felt good about him stepping up to the plate for that? Nope. No chance. Nope. No chance. All right, let's that get a timeout. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to Matt Lombardo uh, from Heavy on Sports. He's the senior NFL reporter for them. We will talk to him about the. The Eagles, of course, and the Giants, and we will get to thoughts on the Cowboys game as well last night. So don't go anywhere, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Hey, hey Rob, Rob, team. real quick, yes, yes, sir. sorry, yes, real quick. Yes, sir. Hey Bear, yes, Eric
8: yes. Winners, Eric Winners has a good question for you. Have you ever tapped out of a game?
7: Heck no. <laughs> I mean, I count kind of as a joy to stay in the game. As long as I'm in the game, I mean, I'm getting paid. I, I want to, you know, t- I was trying my best to get in the game. Let you know, let alone I was, I'll be mad at somebody trying to come in from like, nah, bro. You know what I'm saying? You will not <laughs> Wally pit me. <laughs> this is the no-tap-out zone. is yeah. no-tap-out Oh, zone. man. Yeah, all right,
6: man. let's get a timeout. We'll come back, right. and we'll discuss all things Eagles with Matt Lombardo when we return. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, we're Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Yes, finding that right person to trust with your hard-earned money can be really challenging, right? And I found the right person, and I want you to as well. I could tell you from my own personal experience, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier for you, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Here's how you can reach out 610 996 4751. 610 996 4751. You could also email Jim at Murray, M U R R A Y. Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot jim at principal dot com.
9: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Del Valle Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since
11: 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about
12: you Rafferty Subaru. Go for the
2: beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean.
13: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
6: up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We are Sports Take Sports YouTube Network. Uh, I'll remind everybody the good thing about a Saturday game is it's one less day of build-up. We get to it a little bit quicker, even though it may not be the time that we're all thrilled about. The bottom line is Eagles Saturday night against the Giants. And joining us right now from heavy on sports, NFL reporter, the one and only Matt Lombardo-Lombo. What's up, my man? Hey, boys. Thanks for having me back. What's going on, doing?
10: man?
7: Come on, man. I appreciate you coming back, man. I mean, you cover both of these teams, you know, individually, man. So we had to have you on.
14: Yeah, you know what? I almost feel like I'm the president at halftime in the Army-Navy game, right? You know, you've <laughs> covered both of these teams, spent time on the beat. I have to almost, like, walk one sideline to the other at halftime. Uh, it, it should be a fun <laughs> night down at the link. And, and you know, just a turnaround in the NFC East year, when you think about it. Kind of the laughingstock, the NFC leased a year ago. And now you'll get the NFC wildcard weekend. Three of the teams from the division – made it to, to the divisional round. So uh, a really fascinating turnaround that I think really in terms of the giants, one of the bigger turnarounds that we've seen in, in recent history, when you look at how they got here, the players on that roster and the job that Brian Dable has done, arguably in my opinion, cementing his status as, as the coach of the year, Saturday night should be a real fun one.
6: Yeah. Lambo. That's the thing, man. I mean, I, I don't know if people remember what a disaster they were under Joe judge. And And I will say the roster isn't that drastically different. I know Saquon's healthier, and there are are other factors involved here. But it's not like they went crazy in the offseason bringing in different pieces. They really didn't. He's doing this, essentially, with very similar personnel. No, I agree. And I'd argue significantly worse personnel at
14: wide receiver when you look at the regression of Kenny Galladay and the (laughs) limited role. I mean, they're trotting out guys named Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. And Hodgins, a waiver-wire pickup from the Bills – suddenly has turned into a, a fringe star who I'd argue is is probably entering this season as a fringe NFL player. And to me, that really speaks to the job that Mike Kafka, former Eagles backup quarterback, has done as offensive coordinator. And rightfully so. He's drawing a lot of interest in terms of a uh, potential head coaching hire, this hiring cycle. And I look at what they've been able to do with Hodgins and James and, and really developing that offensive line. You know, Daniel Jones has gone from being a guy who the Giants in April on draft day declined his fifth year option to you look up in the middle of January, and he's legitimately a top 15 or better quarterback in this league. With, as I said, fringe NFL talent at wide receiver, Saquon Barkley is back. The offensive line is playing really well, despite being banged up at times this year. I just look at what they've done, and to me it's a testament to coaching and scheme more so than talent because I think they've gotten a lot out of uh, mediocre talent in this scheme. And you look at the cap space they have going into this offseason, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, in years to come with Joe Shane and Brian Dable kind of in alignment in terms of vision and having the resources to build out that roster. But, Rob, you're right. They didn't really do a lot to improve the roster. They just built a coaching staff that's developed the talent at a really high level really quickly.
8: Matt, here's here's um, here's one name they, they did bring in and change the roster, and I mentioned it yesterday. I think it's one of the best rag the richest stories in the NFL this year. This kid, Isaiah Hodgins. Now, he's, you know, he's drafted by Buffalo. He's an afterthought for two seasons there. They finally give up on him. You know, Dabo picks this kid up off the waivers this year, and he comes in and, and, like Darius Slayton said, "Hey, I didn't know who this guy was. You know, but nobody had ever heard of him. And all of a sudden, he becomes a viable entity in the passing game in his offense, to where he has five touchdown catches in six six games. Can you explain to me how he has risen so quickly? He's only been there for eight games, and yet he's one of Daniel Jones' go-to guys now." Yeah, Gunnar, I think it's a couple of
14: things. And Brian Dable made the comment in Peter King's column yesterday that he was a guy that you talked to Joe Shane, these guys obviously coming from the same background in Buffalo. They've built an offense, you know, with similar terminology to what the Bills deploy. So it was obviously a soft landing spot. You're not looking at a, a depth chart where you're trying to overcome Stefan Diggs and Isaiah McKenzie and all of these weapons in Buffalo. He kind of falls into East Rutherford where – He's the guy, right? I mean, Kenneth, Kenny Galladay, an afterthought. Sterling Shepard banged up, not on the field. And, and who else do you go to? Richie James? I mean, Daniel Bellinger, mm-hmm. the rising tight end? He had the opportunity here with a quarterback who they've done a really nice job of kind of, you know, preaching to him, protecting the football and taking your shots when they're there. Hodgins, I think, has created a lot of shots because he had the opportunity to get on the field immediately. And there wasn't that competition for reps, and there was the familiarity with the scheme. And I think that's a dangerous combo for a young
7: player. Mm-hmm. When you look at uh, Wink Martindale, you know, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball, Wink Martindale and the guys that he has there, Ogilary. Um, you know, you got Dexter Lawrence playing at a, I mean, he's all pro, all pro. you know, he's playing an all pro level. Yeah. And, you know, the mixture of, of adding, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, what, what makes this defense. Uh, you know, with the blitz package, they didn't, they tend not to blitz a little bit um, less this last game against Minnesota. Do you think they have a, kind of the same game plan going to this because Jalen Hurts has kind of picked up their blitz and understands their blitz and can hurt him in a blitz?
14: I think they don't really have to blitz as much, Barrett. When you look at the interior rush that you get from Dexter Lawrence, you look coming off the edge, a guy like Leonard Williams, who had a really nice game the other day in Minnesota. If you mm-hmm. don't have to blitz and you can drop your guys in coverage, I think that that takes away the middle of the field a little bit, which is where the Eagles have liked to feast in the underneath game to to Dallas Goddard and to the, the backs out of the backfield. I don't think they're going to have to blitz as much, and I certainly don't think that you want to against Jalen Hurts because, as you alluded to, He's kind of in that Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes realm of if you can't pressure him without blitzing, it's going to be a long night because he's going to pick you apart if, if you don't get
6: home. Uh, La, I'm going to go back to the offense and just, you know, we all sort of wrote Daniel Jones off. So did the Giants not picking up his option, frankly. Right. They didn't have the belief. Um, is this just simply a putting in a, a better system for him? Is it a running back you can count on? Is it Brian Dable just instilling the confidence in him? What's made him look like the guy that Dave Gettleman drafted as high as he did?
14: Yeah, I think Robert comes down to them not really asking him to do too much, right? They're not asking him to put the ball into harm's way all that often. They've realized that he's a threat with his legs as well as with his arms. They've kind of crafted this scheme where it's a lot of RPO. It's a lot of, you know, read option type of of schematics. They lean on the running back with Saquon Barkley, who's fully healthy, more explosive than I think he's ever been. I tweeted during the game on Sunday. I, I think that if Dave Gettleman were, you know, half the roster builder, that Joe Shane has been that that pick number two overall in 2018 would have looked a lot different because this is the back the Giants thought (laughs) that they were getting. Um, And again, I think they need to really revamp that wide receiving core. But as far as Daniel Jones goes specifically, I think it really just comes down to they've built a scheme around his strengths He's figured out a way to protect the football only five interceptions this year but let's not go crazy and hog wild about his production only had 15 touchdowns so it's not like they're you know beating teams dramatically through the air They've done enough by not giving other teams extra opportunities via the turnovers. They've ran the ball down your throats all year with Saquon Barkley. And Daniel Jones has become basically the conductor of that offense. It's worked really well for them. And I'll be fascinated to see what they look like next year, assuming they go out and they build out that wide receiving court and give him some top tier receivers. I'll be interested to see that combination of protecting the football and confidence, what that does for Jones and the offense moving forward in 2023 and beyond.
8: All right. Well, Matt. Since uh, Rob said he's going back to the offense, I'm going back to the defense. All <laughs> right how How it's much like a does having yeah back and forth? How much does having a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney back in that defense change the way Wink uh, uh, Wink? Uh, uh, what's his name? Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale. Wink Change his the way he calls a game.
14: I think it changes a lot, right? And I think that you saw that, that stretch of two or three games where McKinney was out, and they were kind of vulnerable, especially the game against the Seahawks, uh, without him out there. I, I think that McKinney is probably one of their two best defenders, and Adoree Jackson, you saw what he did against Justin Jefferson. He was really a non factor yep. for much of that game on Sunday afternoon. And, and I really think that when you look at what Adoree has done, uh, according to PFF, his passer rating allowed to something like 80.7, just just a really solid lockdown cornerback lockdown year for him. And if they're able to replicate that against A.J. Brown and have a travel with A.J. Brown, as he did with Justin Jefferson, I think it's going to be really one of the more interesting matchups to watch on Sunday night. But I think that those two guys being healthy and playing at a high level it changes everything for that defense. It really does. Mm. In the same way that, that having Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back there for the Eagles. Absolutely. You know, there was a spell for two or three games where you looked, looked up at the box score and you saw a little bit of regression from James Bradbury and Darius Slay because Gardner-Johnson wasn't back there. All of a sudden, he comes back against the Giants. And I know it's against their backups, but they looked like they just had a more confident secondary. They played at a mm. higher level. And I think that's sort of what you're seeing from the Giants with McKinney and Jackson being back out there.
7: Mm. You know, looking, you know, player for player, you know, we see this Eagles team as a team that, you know, it, on paper, they look better than this, you know, the Giants team. And understanding that, how how much, you know, how, how, how do you really rely, do they really think that they could beat this Eagles team? I mean, are they really ready to, to take, you know, the full onslaught of healthy Lane Johnson, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts going into this game? You know, to me, it's it's, it's kind of – iffy as far as, you know, what what kind of game we're really going to see. You know, because everybody else, oh, it's an easy win. I'm not necessarily seeing it that way.
14: Yeah, Barrett, I don't think this is an easy win for either side. I don't think that either one of these teams should go in there thinking that it's going to be easy. Look, I said it on my podcast last week. This all hinges on Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Everything for the Eagles and their trajectory in this postseason run hinges on Jalen Hurts being fully healthy and fully effective because he clearly wasn't. Two weeks ago, even against the Giants backups, they went into that game basically saying, you are not going to take a hit today. You're going to throw it away. If you scramble, you're going to scramble out of bounds. If that's the Jalen Hurts that the Giants see on Saturday night, they have a puncher's chance here because they they don't turn the football over. They, They are able to control the game via the run. Their defense is playing at a really high level, as we saw in Minnesota. Um, but if Jalen Hurts is back to his MVP form and they're able to spring A.J. Brown for a couple of big plays down the field, if they're able to control the tempo with with Miles Sanders and get Dallas Goddard involved and if Wayne Johnson is healthy and they keep Jalen Hurts upright, then, yeah, I think the Eagles are rightfully about a six or seven point favorite. But I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think, because I don't know that Jalen Hurts is 100 percent healthy. I don't know that he's going to be the same quarterback that he was in week six, seven or eight. Uh, and the Eagles are going to need him to be not only against the Giants, but assuming they get by on Saturday night against San Francisco or Dallas or whoever uh, it winds up being in the championship game next week. If they make I, it that far.
6: I think it's going to be mm. close too, Lombo. I, I know the spread's up to seven and a half. I think that's, I, I wouldn't touch it, but if I, if I was leaning, I, I'd grab the seven and a half. That's just me. Um, let's go back to a point you were just making. You can't really take much from that last game where the last regular season game where the Eagles are, trying to not get guys hurt, but kind of win the game. Giants aren't playing anybody. It's a wash. Do you take much from the earlier game? It wasn't that far back. It was week 14. It was about a month and change ago um, where the Eagles, you know, it was pretty handily 48, 22 win.
14: Yeah. I think that's the formula, right? I mean, they, they ran the, they rushed for what 295 yards or something ridiculous yeah. in that game. But again, Jalen hurts was fully effective uh, and, and fully mobile. I think that the big key for the Eagles is, figuring out a way to get the ball into the red zone and let Jalen Hurts do his thing. It's something like 20 red zone touchdowns this year between rushing and passing, really effective inside the 20, and I think that that's where he's at his best. Um, and, you know, if you can establish the run and keep the Giants off the field and you can dictate to that defense and shorten the game, yeah, that's, that's going to get you by. But again, I, I'm, I'm not writing off the Giants, especially after the defensive effort that they had against the Vikings on Sunday.
8: Matt, here's here's what I've said, and I don't write off anybody at this stage because I think the first round of the playoffs has been exactly a replica of what this entire season has been, unpredictable at its finest. And I've said this time and time again throughout the latter course of a season that we've seen more unpredictable outcomes than I can remember in any time in recent year. And if you're still standing in the playoffs, you, you always have a puncher's chance. You look at the way the Jacksonville game, you know, turned yourself out. You look what turned around that Baltimore game, a fluke play. Um, I look at this Giants team similar to some teams that we've seen in the past, and I brought it up to Barrett yesterday, where number six leads were were thought to be just a practice game, for, for, and all of a sudden they shocked the world. Now, the Giants going to Minnesota, they beat the three seed. That's got to build confidence for them. You know, they know the Eagles team inside and out. You know, and that's why when you said it before, and and and, and I think that's confirmation to me, I think on paper, I think we all agree the Eagles have the superior talent in overall team structure, but when that ball hits the ground and you line up across from each other, any and everything could possibly happen.
14: There's something about momentum, right? And I think you saw that in Jacksonville on Saturday night, and you know, talking to people inside the league going into last week, the feeling was the Jaguars were one of those teams that could really make a run because they're healthy, because they're playing dominant defense, they're creating turnovers, and and they went out and they did that, especially in the second half uh, against the Chargers. To Mm -hmm. a lesser extent, I think the Giants are kind of in that same vein, right? I don't think they finished the season all that well, other than maybe waxing a half-checked-out Colts team to clinch a playoff berth in East Rutherford, but they're healthy, and that matters this time of year. The Eagles, I don't know how healthy they really are, and I think that we're going to find out on Sunday night just how healthy and effective Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts are that's going to determine a lot for the Eagles. But I'm with you, Gunner. I think that when you get to this point in the playoffs, if you're still standing, you got a real puncher's chance.
7: Yeah, let me uh, let me ask you. Um, let's, you know, go on to the NFC. Uh, this this matchup, Dallas 49ers might be the matchup for the, you know, of, of the whole weekend. You know, what are you looking at as far as that?
14: Well, Bill's Bengals is going to give that a run for the money as the the matchup of the weekend. I mean, look, those are two really great games. Those are the two games I'm looking forward to the most. Um, But I look at what you saw last night. Dak Prescott really answered all the critics, you know, in terms of coming up small in the postseason. Maybe the finest performance of his career. Um, You look at Micah Parsons, two tackles for loss, nine pressures. They didn't even blitz all that much because they didn't have to, uh, except for him flying all over the field into the backfield. I mean, to me, I think the 49ers are one of those teams that, even though they've kind of set it and forgot it at quarterback that they can kind of go autopilot with Brock Purdy they beat you in so many ways they create turnovers you know going into uh, the postseason in their final five games of the year, they held opponents to 13 and a half points per game. That's less than two touchdowns per game. Really tough to beat defensively. D'Amico Rhines is going to be a head coach. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But they're so hard to contain offensively. They beat you with Devo Samuel through the air on the ground. Christian McCaffrey, same thing. Then you got to worry about George Kittle over the middle. And oh, by the way, there's Brandon Ayuk, one of the more underrated receivers in the league. I think the 49ers are the most complete team remaining in the postseason, certainly the most complete team in the NFC. And I think they're going to be a handful. If the Eagles get past the Giants on Saturday night, they're going to be a handful in that championship game. And I think Dallas has a chance because of how prolific their offense is. But I think the Niners are just too balanced and too talented on both sides of the ball. Um, I I just don't see the Cowboys capturing that lightning in a bottle twice, especially when you look at who they did it against on Monday night, a a really depleted Buccaneers team with Tom Brady playing arguably, I think one of the worst games of his entire career.
6: Yeah. and Not only was he was, he stunk. They were lifeless. There was no adjustments made. I, I mean, it just went to show everything we talked about all year. That team had no business being in the playoffs, Matt, let alone hosting a game.
14: No, I agree. And you know, I think that, you know, all the talk about Tom Brady potentially going to the Raiders. Listen, I think retirement is legitimately on the table for him, as it should be. I mean, this mm-hmm. wasn't Michael Jordan crossing over Byron Russell for the game winner in, in 1996. This was Michael Jordan hanging on in Philadelphia, scoring 15 points mm. in 28 minutes at age 40. That's what we as, saw from as Tom a Brady yeah.
10: Yeah. For, yeah. as
14: a wizard. That's what we saw from Tom Brady on Monday night. Now, he might come back rejuvenated as ever and, and as motivated as ever to play to 50 years old. But I think retirement has to be on the table because you look at the interception to J. Ron curse guys. It was clear. He got rid of that football because he didn't want to get hit. He's trying to avoid contact at all costs. And that's not how you win at the quarterback position. And that's not how you can be effective at that position either. Um, And again, I think the Cowboys played well. I think that there were enough big plays on both sides of the ball to kind of Mm -hmm. legitimize them and what they are going into the divisional round but the Buccaneers have some serious questions to answer, not just about Tom Brady, but about the direction of that offense moving forward from here.
7: Love it, man. This is what it's all about, man. Playing playing in, in, in January, going into February. I like our odds. But if you look at the AFC team, I I don't know if I don't know if Doug has a really good opportunity against Big Red, his former coach, former – are uh, gonna win that game. What
14: they are gonna win that game. I and mean, they're eight, they're eight and a half point dogs. I think bare minimum they cover. I think they have a chance of winning outright. Listen, I, I look at the way that defense wow. is playing right okay. now. Yeah, I, I think of the way that you look at 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 you know Uh, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, the way they're playing off the edge and just the way that they changed the course of that game in the second half. They're not a fluke. This has been a month and a half of them just strangling teams defensively. And I know it's a tough environment. I know you have to play a perfect game for 60 minutes against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but Mahomes is one of these guys where for every three or four spectacular plays, he'll throw the ball into harm's way for a costly interception at a bad time. That's how the Bengals have beaten them three times in a row. And again, I think the Jaguars have a real chance here of pulling off the upside of the playoffs. You
7: give him a jam and then all of a sudden, bam, look what he gives us. You know, so just ask the question. Wow, that's saying a lot, man, because you look at, you know, Lawrence. Lawrence is playing at a high level. In the second half, he was playing at a high level. But he's done – Doug has pulled out of him dual threat type of capabilities. I think that's really helped his game as uh, as a quarterback.
14: Well, yeah, and you have a supporting cast with Travis Etienne, who's a
7: really nice back.
14: I think he's really underrated. And and Christian Kirk, everybody mocked that deal when the Jaguars, you know, backed up the Brinks truck back in March. You talk to people inside the league, Kirk is an ascending talent at wide receiver, and he showed you that this year. You look at Zay Jones having a nice game. They finally – Marvin Jones, uh, yeah. Marvin Jones, they've finally gotten a lot out of Evan Ingram. I think that what you saw on Saturday night is what the Giants hoped that they were getting and thought he always had the potential to be. But I think this all comes down to coaching. And, again, Andy Reid is one of the best to ever do it. But Doug Peterson has proven that the apple doesn't fall far from that tree. Uh, He has the Jaguars believing. He clearly got them bought in in the second half. And they have built up a nice scheme um, that utilizes the best of Trevor Lawrence and involves the tight end and Evan Ingram the same way the Eagles have over the years with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. This is a really, you know, plucky, really dangerous Jaguars team. And I think that the rest of the country is kind of sleeping on them a little bit.
6: Mm. I, I, I want to get it back to the Eagles, as somebody once said, Matt. Um, We've
14: heard that a time
6: or two. Before. Yes, we have. Uh, and um, Jonathan Gannon. And I don't want to prejudice anything by asking the question, but I'm just curious what you think of him.
9: Yeah,
14: I, I I mean, I think the criticism is kind of unfair and unwarranted. I mean, I know the opener mm. against the, the Lions, they really struggled. And the, the loss to the commanders, it seemed like he kind of didn't have a great game plan out there. But look, I think the Eagles – on defense, I think they've been solid. I think they've been, you know, an upper tier defense this year. They're one of the two teams in the NFC with a top 10 offense and top 10 defense still playing. To me, that's a credit to Jonathan Gannon. I think that, you know, this year, people might have a bad taste in their mouth because of what the Eagles were last year defensively, but they finally bring in his type of players, Hassan Reddick, you know, Kazir White. They bring in uh, the defensive backs, Twoncy Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, guys that really thrive in that type of a scheme. And I thought he's done really well. And you talk to people inside the league, the Eagles coordinators are as respected as anybody in terms of potential head coaching hires. Um, So so I think that, you know, losing Jonathan Gannon might be a bigger loss to them than some Eagles fans might want to give, give credit for.
8: You know what, Matt, if, if not this year, then in the immediate future, who do you think becomes a head coach first? Would it be Gannon or Steichen?
14: I, I think it's Steichen. I think it, anytime you can take a quarterback like Jalen Hurts in a second year in his system and turn him into this. I mean, I, I watch Jalen Hurts, and I think he's a more mobile Peyton Manning. I think he's that good mm-hmm. pre-snap. I think he's that good at looking off safeties and dictating to a defense. And a lot of that, again, credit, all the credit in the world to Jalen Hurts he obviously has one of the best work ethics that you've seen around here in quite some time, a drive to be better and the talent to be better. But I think a lot of that comes down to coaching as well, mm-hmm. I and mean, I, improvements that you see week to week, game to game, I think a lot of that comes down to Steichen. And, you know, outside of the Saints game with the play calling where you kind of scratched your head, especially early with Gardner Minshew in there and and kind of getting away from the running game as dramatically as they did. As a play caller, I think he's been pretty flawless most of the year. So I think that, you know, Steichen is the guy who's probably going to get the head coaching job first. I think he's really well regarded inside the league. And you look at all these teams, guys, it's a lot harder as a defensive coordinator to get a head coaching job today because the game is so tilted to the offensive side and there's such an emphasis on dynamic quarterback play that's what I think is going to make Steichen a really marketable Hmm. candidate moving forward
6: Matt uh, coaching matchup advantage in the Eagles Giants game Sirianni and his staff versus Dable and their staff
14: boy I think that's really evenly matched I mean Listen, I, I love what the Eagles have done this year, especially, you know, with Jalen Hurts' development and what you've seen from that offense. But it's hard for me to go against Brian Dable. It's hard for me to go against a staff that has gotten this much out of so little in New York on both sides of the football. And again, there are a couple of nice players on both sides of the ball. But I think that what they've been able to do week in and week out in New York has been pretty impressive. So I give a really slight edge to the Giants.
6: Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, It is going to be fun. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, Matt, listen, man, always great catching up with you. And, uh, you know, just hopefully we'll be able to keep this thing rolling if, uh, if the Eagles are able to take care of their business. So ultimately, who wins the game in your estimation? I think the Eagles are
14: talented enough to get by. I think it's a lot closer than people think. I could see this thing being like a 23 to 20. 21-17 21-17 type of a game, uh, but I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. I think it's a one-score game late, and the Eagles' talent just rises to the occasion.
6: Okay, wow. you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL, and of course on at uh, excuse me at Heavy on Sports, senior NFL reporter Matt. We do appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much for appreciate me. you, bro. Gym.
8: Yeah, big red Jim. Big Thanks, Thanks,
6: real Doug. Thanks yeah. Matt. Take care, man. Good <laughs> stuff there. He he thinks it's a tight one. How yeah, about the prediction yeah. on the uh, on the Jags? No stats, no. Ups, that's upsetting huge
8: gym there, man. Wow. Hey, people Lombo, like to go man. out on a limb every now and then, you know. All right, yeah, Sometimes, I like it.
7: You know, but you know what? I mean, when you really look at it, man, the way their defense is playing and the lack of deep—I'm not going to say lack of defense because the Chiefs, you know, they got, got you know Jones in there. They got a couple players. They got Bolton, you know, the linebackers in there. But other than that, man, they really don't have a lot on the defense side of ball that you would be able to stop. Lawrence and the rest of their mm-hmm. offense. So if they could go score for score with big red, man, it's it might be a tight game because that defense can definitely put some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. No question. All right. Let yeah, me give the a thing is,
8: can they get him to the ground though? See, Patrick Mahomes thing. is a wizard It's yeah. pure wedding underhand flipping over the top That dude does stuff. I've never seen in, in the four decades. Plus I've covered the NFL and Absolutely. he keeps doing it. Keeps yep. adding something new to his repertoire.
6: One of the one of the few. It was maybe the only bright spot last night. Brady made a little Mahomes play early. Did you guys <laughs> yeah. see that one when he was I'm scrambling, like, did a little flip move. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. All right, maybe there's some life, and then quickly you realize there was no life in that. Um, <laughs> but a little update here. Uh, so Nick Sirianni meeting with the with the media as we speak. He said that Jalen Hurts is better than he was two weeks ago, continues to improve, and after holding him back in practice last Thursday. He'll throw fully today. So there's no restrictions on his throwing, at least, at practice today. So, yeah, little incremental good signs there, right? All right, so we get a timeout here. Uh, We will come back. Guys, we'll dig a little bit more into the NFL. There's a ton of NFL news that we're going to do. David Murphy's going to join us at 2 o'clock, but we'll do some NFL stuff when we come back, and we'll dive right back into the birds with David as well. All right, uh, he is Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yeah, pro-action restoration. So here's the deal. If you have a home, you have a business, property that you may own, if you've gone through water, fire, smoke, mold damage, any of those kind of issues, and you can't clean it up, you don't know what to do, well, they're the people that you call on. Pro-action restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can attest to this. I had a problem on a Saturday. They came right out to my parents' house. They cleaned it up. The crew was unbelievable. And it was just a massive relief, a massive relief. All right. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri state area for more than two decades. Pro action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call 610. 610- 623-3760, 3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
9: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Valle Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise... We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about
2: you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean.
13: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we
4: not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying?
3: And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know who Phil he is. Post Game,
5: now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
6: Welcome back in, everybody. Yes, we are Sports stake on this Tuesday. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are counting down the days till the divisional matchup between the Eagles and the Giants in Philadelphia. Lickett Financial Field, uh, 8-15 start uh, for that oh. contest. <laughs> How about this, though? Three out of four. Of the eight teams are from the NFC East. You got the Eagles and the Giants playing one another, the Cowboys advancing to take on the 49ers. That is damn impressive, man. That you have three from one division in the final eight.
8: Yes, NFC is finally getting a respect back after being mediocre for so many years, you know. And, and that's that's a good thing. You that's know, great glad thing, to see yeah. it. Fine. You know, this division has been down for so long. It's always been about just Dallas and Eagles, Eagles and Dallas. And we saw Washington fight to the bitter end. They flopped at the end, you know. But they were a legitimate playoff team until the second last game of the season. And the Giants have been one of the best stories of the year. And the, the turnaround—you you can't emphasize enough—the turnaround Dayball has done with the same roster, basically, that there was there a year ago speaks volumes in terms of what he. And there's a prime example of a coordinator who was meant to be a head coach. Yeah, in just one year, you know, well, he sur- he surrounded himself with the right assistant coaching staff. He won these players just like Sirianni. He won these players over right away. Yep. He got them to believe in themselves and what he's what he's what he stood for. The very first game of the season, when he went for it, when the percentages said you go for the tie, not the win, he said, No, 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 no. We're changing it. We're changing the culture here. And if we're going to change the culture, it has to start now. now I don't, you know. What, I wonder what would it have been like had they not got that two point conversion in that opening game. You know, you know. The, I agree maybe, with you. The whole season might flip. You know, exactly. it really could have. Yeah, players are like, oh, geez, here we go again. You know, just like last year. You know, but they got it, and that just set the course for what they were. And we kept waiting. I mean, everybody, everybody on the outside looking in was waiting for the Giants to falter at some point. The right. season it never happened. You know, and here they are still still standing alive in the NFC playoffs and one of three NFC teams still standing. Yeah. Yep. Well said, Derek. Well said. That's
6: for sure. Um. So let's stay in the NFC East for a minute. The lone team that did not make the playoffs, the Washington Commanders. Now, according to J.P. Finlay, who we've had on the show from NBC Sports uh, Washington, the sale of the Commanders could go down by March. I mean, that quickly. This thing is is ramping up. I found it interesting, the little tidbit that he threw out there. Let me give him some love uh, with his uh, Twitter handle, too, uh, because I think he does a really nice job in general kind of covering things here, Um, if I can find it. Um, Let's see if I can find him here. Anyway, uh, I'll find it while we do this. But he said the leading contender, he said, it's probably not Jeff Bezos and some of the other names that you've heard.
7: Not Jay-Z and the rest of his of guys.
6: No, he said the leader in the clubhouse could be Josh Harris. Josh Harris wow. who owns the Sixers and the Devils and a, a lot of other things. Uh, could be the leader in the clubhouse to buy the Commanders. How
7: about that? That's guy? Huge. That's Woo. huge.
6: Man. I mean man. he's already
7: got I mean, the Phillies, I mean Oh who's the who's the who's the the, 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 guy, the owner of the 76ers. He also owns uh the hockey team up north too, right?
6: Yeah, the Devils. Josh Harris owns the Sixers and, yeah. the, and the Devils, right? And
7: yeah. the Devils, right?
6: Yeah, it's JP Finlay. It's at J-P-F-I-N-L-A-Y-N-B-C-S. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you
7: there. Go ahead. Well, I mean, when is enough enough? <laughs> when you have
6: that because, kind of bread, it's
7: not. Right, the I mean, answer is it's not. From cigars?
10: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if, if
8: you go back to last May, Josh Harris put together a group of investors that were willing to, to to pay five five billion dollars for the Denver Broncos, but they made it very clear they were not going to get into a bidding war, you know, to buy the Broncos. And lo and behold, at the last minute, they pulled, they pulled their offer off the table. So he's just been sitting and waiting. The fact that you have enough money or enough pull to put together a group of guys that can can bid on not one, not two, but three professional uh, entities of the four major sports, mm-hmm. man. Well, I-
7: what is enough enough? I mean, like I, I'm just not that bored. If I had a couple billion dollars, I just wouldn't be that bored that I would want to go buy a team, and not just one team, but you have he'll have three teams. He wants to buy up the whole Eastern Seaboard. Huh? Yeah, I mean he, he 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 sees dollar signs, man. That's
6: it. Well, you know the,
8: the fact that the fact that he's interested in Washington should come is no surprise, considering he's fr- he's from DC. Oh, so okay. oh, okay. Oh, is he?
6: I thought he was a New York guy. Okay.
8: He's From DC, so I'm assuming he grew up. a a Washington fan, you know, before there was a Baltimore Ravens, Ravens team, but I I read JP's story. And he said, he talked to somebody from the USA network who said that the, that Washington was one of the more desirable um, franchises to purchase in the NFL. He said, if you look at, if you look at where their practice facility sits on, it's around a lot of high tech uh, industries which means who, if, if Snyder decides to sell him, he'll get a pretty penny because the new ownership wants to build a new practice facility, a new stadium. Right now, a lot of people have said when it first came out that Daniel Snyder was looking at building a stadium in Virginia, a lot of people were turned off. I am not driving to Virginia to watch this team play, but I guarantee you whether it's Josh, yeah, they will. Else, yeah, exactly. But if new ownership comes in, especially with somebody of a Josh green pedigree, who's loaded, who's from that area. People yeah. will flock to go oh, see I that agree. team play. The they gun. Huh. the gun. Yeah. They said the same thing about
7: the Chargers. They said the same thing about exactly. the Raiders. Exactly. Raiders, I mean, they've been selling out. You know what I'm saying? And they I mean, it, it, and it's that you know that team being in Vegas is nothing but transient people walking through there. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah.
8: Very same few thing from with that San Diego. Area. Same uh-huh. thing with that San Diego LA area. They're mostly yeah. transients. Yeah.
6: You know, yeah. so. You're right, Derek. Uh, Josh Harris grew up in Chevy Chase, Maryland, and yeah, uh, yeah. went to high school at the Field School, which is in Washington, Washington yeah. D.C. <laughs> how about this? He, he went to the Wharton School at Penn, right? Got a, got a BS in economics. Oh. Uh, then got his master's from Harvard as a Baker Scholar and Loeb Finance fellow. <laughs> he was a okay. fellow? Damn. My man, man did all man right in school. Was, yeah, yeah, that, that man knows well. how to make money. He knows how to make money. <laughs> As of two years ago, he was w- worth $7.5 billion. He is the um, – in private equity is how he made his made his money. Um, but he uh, is the principal owner and managing partner of the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia 76ers, and Crystal Palace of the English Premier League. Jeez. So he's got his hand in a lot of different sports uh, in addition Jeez. to his other business ventures. So this doesn't surprise me. You think about it. If he can get this, he'll have control of an NFL team, an NBA team, an NHL team, and, and an English premier soccer team. I mean, really, think about that. The only thing left is baseball, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> how
8: many, how <laughs> many, <laughs> many, how many men can, how many wealthy men can say that? You know? That's what I'm saying. Not many. He's in pretty rarefied air if he can close this. Although he won't endear himself to Philadelphia fans, no. owning the devils and, and the commanders, but still, you think he cares? Uh, you know, Sixers no. are making money, Devils are making money. If he buys Washington and, and turns that thing around, builds them a new stadium, uh, they'll make money. He's going to make money. Let's face it. The worst team in the NFL makes a minimum, a minimum right. $275 million a year. And a he minimum. will run them markedly better than the guy who's oh, running yeah. them into the ground. Oh, absolutely. Right now. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I, I don't That's care a proud fan buys. base. Yeah. I don't care who buys the team. It'll be a breath of fresh air. People can't wait to get out from under under Daniel Snyder's ownership. 100%. They'll flock. I guarantee you, Um, alumni, former executives, former players will flock back to be a part of that organization, to put some pride back into that organization like it was in the 80s. No doubt. The Hogs will come back. What? Daryl Green. Yeah, the uh, Hawks well, might the, even
6: drop the lawsuit against Joe Daniel Gibbs. Snyder. You know, you'll have you'll, Gibbs, all those guys yeah, going back there. Yeah, yeah
8: no, yeah. you're you guys are right about that. Let me you give know, you an before, interesting... a group of players that have a lawsuit against the team they played for just because of a namesake, a nickname. Are you kidding me?
6: Yeah, yeah, and and he'll just obviously clean up the what the the shenanigans that have been going on there. Um, interesting quote here from Jalen Hurts. So on if he's comfortable running the ball against the Giants, potentially hurting that shoulder than targeting a shoulder. He said, quote, it's football. I got a bounty on me every week. I just go out there and I play my game. That's true. Hard to argue that, right? I mean, he does. Anytime you're a quarterback, man, there, you know, you got that bullseye on you. So
8: based on his, based on his performance this year, both as a passer and a runner and, and and, and as a a field general. And the fact that he was uh, for most of the season in heavy discussion as the MVP of the league, why wouldn't he have a bullseye on his back? Everybody wants to take him down, just like everybody wants to take Tom Brady down, Aaron Rodgers down, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's a big that's a big star to put on your chest if you can take somebody down like that. You know, sure is, sure is. All right, well, uh, so a couple other odds and ends uh,
6: around the uh, the NFL aside from that, I thought was interesting. So Jim Schwartz is back; he is now the defensive coordinator of the Browns. He was working as a consultant with the Tennessee Titans for the last couple of years where he makes his offseason home. home. Uh, but he will be joining that crew with Kevin Stefanski and, and those guys, you know, that's, I think that's actually a pretty good move there on both parts. You know, you're Absolutely. stepping into a situation, you know, with miles Garrett and, and there's, there's real talent on that side of the ball. If you're Jim Schwartz. And then mm-hmm. if you're, you know, Cleveland, you, you get an established guy in there who he, he's a good resource to, to pick the brain of. If you're, Stefanski because he's been a head coach in the NFL too that's a nice hire
8: you know you look at Jim Schwartz this dude has a rabbit's foot in his pocket because everywhere he's gone as a DC uh, Buffalo Tennessee he's walked into situations where he's had an abundance of talent Philadelphia where he's had an abundance of talent. Look what he had here in 2017 with Jernigan, Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, Jordan Hicks, so on and so forth. Same thing in Buffalo, same thing in Tennessee. He's walked in some great, into some great situations and elevated those defenses to another level from where they were. I mean, look at how he turned this team around. It was like the 28th, 29th defense when he got here. He turned it around to like the 12th or 13th best defense in the league. And, you know, got this team to generate more turnovers. I mean, you know, and you're right. Cleveland's a great spot for him. Look what they have on the defense already. You know, um, you know. People say he was out of the game four or five years. That was by his own doing, right? You know, he he, he wanted really to go out home to Tennessee. Out of the game. He right, just... he was a yeah, he was like a consultant, yeah, you know, stuff like that. But he wanted to be home more uh, with his family in Tennessee. You know, he lives in Tennessee. He did that was his own doing. It wasn't like nobody wanted to hire Jim Schwartz. Yep, you know, he picked yep. he picked and chose strategically when he wanted to put his foot back into the pool full time. And yes. I think say what you want to say about Cleveland, but from a defensive perspective, that's a great landing spot for him. No, doubt. he's not
7: man, he's not a former player. He did it the hard way. He came up to yeah. the ranks, man. Yeah. You know, it's not like a friend,
8: friend of mine was his played with him at Georgetown
6: and was his roommate.
7: Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
6: He said <laughs> so what they used to do, I'm not going to give any trade secrets away, but I thought this was a really cool thing that Schwartz used to do. So while he was here with the Eagles, um like the when training camp was winding down before the regular season would start, he would go to my buddy's house on like a Thursday night. And my buddy would invite like a group of like 10 guys over. And he would just open it up. Like, all right, let's shoot the, shoot the bleep. Like, go ahead. Ask me, ask not, not dirt on people. Just like, what's it really like coaching in the NFL? I thought it was pretty cool that he did that, man. He would sit there. They'd have a couple beers
7: and, and that was, so a
6: little insight to to Jim Schwartz. I thought that was pretty cool.
7: But look at the defense that he has though, man. I mean, it's got Miles Garrett that wide nine. We'll oh my Alex. goodness! Next you have Alex Wright out there at the other side because uh Jadavin Clowney's gone. That clown is gone. He's yeah, gone. That, that,
8: that clown. Man, he he had talked there. himself out of Cleveland. Yeah, he might
7: right, have talked right. himself out of the NFL. Right. I mean, uh, you know, you know, Denzel Ward. He's he's the highest paid corner out there in the league. Uh Greg Newsom, the the second. I played with Greg Newsom. Uh, his, his dad, his yeah. his, his pops. Yeah, it came out ninety five with me. I think I played with him in with the Packers, but you know, he was good. Uh, he's, he's a good player. Uh, John Johnson, the third, really good safety. Um, they got a defense, bro. They
10: they
7: got a really good defense. And you know, Anthony Walker jr. Sitting there at the Mike linebacker, they're, they're, they're going to be a a beast, man. If they can get that offense going on the same, um, level that, you know, Watson has been in the past, they're going to be kind of formidable in that, uh, in the AFC. Yeah. No, I, I you, you,
8: you look at his tenure here. You know, we had a love hate relationship with Jim Schwartz. You know, a lot of people hated the wide nine, but I love listening to Jim Schwartz every week when he stepped to the podium. He would always give you a quote. You could run. Yep. With for the rest of the week. He, I mean, he was very insightful. Man. He would give you a quote, whether you agree with it or not. He would give you a quote, and you could, you could live on that quote for the entire week of what he said. You know, yeah. No, I and, agree with him. In in a game where everybody's so guarded, Jim Schwartz didn't care. He, look, I'm gonna say what I want to say, you know, basically, and he did. He
6: did. He, yeah, he. You're right. He he suffers no fools. He he says what he wants to say. I I will give the guy that much.
8: I like that.
7: He suffers no fool. He doesn't, man. That, that is. Man. Look at, bro. You are just on fire today, bro. <laughs> I am here, man. That's why I'm here.
6: Um. All right. So a couple other things. This was. This is interesting. Not so much. I mean, you feel for anybody who loses their job, but it, it's a tell that someone's keeping their job. So the LA Chargers have fired Joe Lombardi, who was their offensive coordinator, and they fired their quarterback's coach as well. Those two are both out, which means Brandon Staley's staying, guys, which means yep, it's, it's not going to be Sean Payton. It's not going to be anybody else. I, this feels very Chargers-esque to me. And, Derek, I know you covered him forever, and you've, you've preached the, <laughs> the bad ways of the Chargers over the years to us. Uh, for sure. But that to me, I think they're making a big mistake, man. They should have cut ties and moved on. But anyway, that this is, this is a tell they're staying. He's staying.
8: You know, sometimes teams and people can't get out of their own way for making the same mistakes over and over again. <laughs> um I am not surprised he's staying one bit because that's the Chargers' way. They don't do the obvious. What should the, the obvious that should be done This team historically has never done that. The head coach and the ownership, I'm sure, huddled behind closed doors after the game and agreed that somebody's got to be a fall guy for this embarrassment. Hey, let's make it the OC. And in some ways you can't, you cannot knock it because how do you score only three points in the second half when you got that kind of firepower? Now granted, Mike Williams didn't play because he had a fracture in his back, but your head coach, put your starters out there in a game that meant nothing and cost you your number one wide receiver. Okay. And then you went out there, you, you capitalized in many ways on five first half turnovers, but you couldn't sustain it. Now we put fault on the offense in that game in the second half. Where does the defensive coordinator uh, or the defensive minds miss getting as much blame, if not more for that collapse in the second half. And Oh, by the way, Brandon Staley, is known as a defensive court as a defensive mind in the game. Mm-hmm. So how does the DC still have a job? How does the head coach who's who's respected for his defensive prowess still have a job when you have a collapse like that? How's that possible? Great question. But that's the Chargers. But,
6: they, but you Chargers. someone's got to be the fall guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Someone's got it got to take the bullet, I guess. And it's uh he is he's the grandson of Vince Lombardi for people who didn't know. Yes, he is. Yep. Um, so he's out. Um, but which means Staley's surviving. The, uh, the Cardinals – oh, let me – this is another big one. Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan, so you can take him out of the mix. What What is
7: that all about? Man?
6: I know. And I, I'm, I I. see a tweet from Michigan's uh, president. Indeed. I uh, yeah. Yeah, Like, dude, yeah, he's like, oh, thank God. You were so happy. And like, shut up, dude. Like, stop.
7: You're embarrassing yourself. Stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, when you look uh, at him, man, he, he's, he's – they took money from him three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, they make it easier to fire him. Right, right. And then they, they turn around and he's, like, okay, I'll show you over the next two years, I'm going to turn this thing around. Turns it around. Now he's got the private jet back. He got the he got <laughs> yep. the couple million back in his pocket. He's got mm-hmm. all that good stuff back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, right, man, it's, it, he's got the game, bro. He's got the game, man. He he's does. in college. He can tell those guys, you know, what to do and they're going to do it. It's not like in the NFL. You can ask guys to do something. <laughs> and they'll, they might do it. In yeah. college, you got to do it because you know you don't want to get labeled going into the draft. So yeah. it's he, he's in a perfect situation as an old alma mater, You know, mm-hmm. it's a perfect situation for him.
6: Yeah. So anyway, he's out of the mix for anything Denver uh, with some of the other spots that he was he was rumored to be uh, possibly going to. Cardinals hired a GM, guys Monty Osenfort, who was the director of player personnel in Tennessee for the last couple of years. Before that, he spent 15 years in New England. So uh, you know he's got pretty decent pedigree there, but I don't think that guy's taking over an easy situation at all. I don't think he has a good owner, and I think he's got a real bad situation personnel-wise. Too. Bro, he doesn't know what he's going to do
7: with the quarterback position. That's
8: yeah. Never what you, you already know what he's doing. Well, at he the knows quarterback what he's position. doing.
7: It's just not good. He's
8: stuck. Yeah, him. yeah. And now you may be minus DeAndre Hopkins also. You know, so that hurts your offense significantly. But you look at his pedigree. You know. You look at you, you look at the way they, they ran their business in New England, what better place to get your feet wet than to watch how New England runs its show and right. how they strategize and bring in players. And then he goes to Tennessee and he did a really good job. Look at the talent they brought in over the year, minus a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But look at talent in the offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, secondary. I mean they've done a good good job in Tennessee. They just need a quarterback desperately with that team, you know. So yeah. now can he apply the trade in, in, in Arizona? You know, I wouldn't have taken that job unless the owner told me, and I want it in paper. Your verbal, your your word, your verbal word means nothing to me. I want to have it, it on it, paper that I have carte it, blanche to do what I need to do to turn this thing around. You give me carte, and that means the quarterback, absolutely. man. You can't change the quarterback though. There's nothing you can do with the quarterback.
7: That's absolutely. He, they don't nothing.
8: have exactly. You don't
7: have a quarterback. So it's, it's why are you right, taking a, right. why are you taking on the duties? You don't have the quarterback for the
8: next four years. Who's not a quarterback? Well, Well, he's he's not a leader. He's not a leader type of quarterback. No, but if you bring in a right head coach who can bend that quarterback's ear, that's a plus. Mm -hmm. If you can bring in a Sean Payton type, but then again, you know, you look at the quarterback, you look at the head coaching candidates out there. Do you think a Kyler Murray would instantly respect a Shane Steichen or a Jonathan Gannon or a a D'Amico Ryan or some of these other coaches out there? No, he's going to test the waters. If you bring in a Sean Payton, He's got to stand up. Yes, sir. No, sir. You see, you you got to bring the perfect coach in there to bend that kid's ear. You know, because if not, push comes to shoving a headbutt. Because Kyler Murray has never never elevated this game, guess who's the first one out as soon as they get the opportunity? ah da, da. Kyler Murray. Yeah, ah, yeah. Murray's gone. That's so what I'm saying. You got don't to have decide. a quarterback. I
7: wouldn't want to do yeah. that. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't yeah. want to do that, man. You know, because he's just, to me, he's a bad example of a team player. And you can't have your quarterback not be the the ultimate team player. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well
6: said. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts, you know, what yeah. he means to this team and what he's done for this team. Um, inter- Sean Payton interviewed yesterday for the Texans gig. You know, I, you're sitting there with a great pick, um, but there is very little else. The cupboard's pretty bare there. And I know I'm sure he'll have a lot of control there, which is great. But Denver makes more sense to me
8: for him and Houston does. I, you know, he, he he went on somebody's radio show or podcast yesterday and said, when they asked him the question, would you really take the Houston job? He's, he said emphatically, absolutely. So it, it, by him saying absolutely, I don't know if it's gamesmanship, but it tells me, Sean Payton right now is twofold. Do I want to go in and just take a team I know I can win with, or do I want to have a – do I want to build a team the way I want to build it? You know, and – He'll have more leeway to build a team than he will to take a team that's this close to getting over the top, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And plus, you know, he has a home in Dallas. Houston is closer to Dallas, obviously, than it is to Denver. I wonder how much that weighs into the factor as well. I think I think Houston would roll out the red carpet if they somehow got shocked the world and got a Sean Payton to come in. They got plenty of first rounders. Oh my goodness! They got plenty of first rounds to throw at them, man. And high draft picks, you know, they teams right. are built right. in second through seven more so know. than first round,
7: you know. So they do, That you know, that's for sure. How about this, guys?
6: Of the eight teams that are left standing, seven of them have offensive coaches. Not surprised. The only one is McDermott. Yeah. I mean, you just Not talk surprised. about where
7: where this league's trending, man. That's that's says a lot, doesn't it? It, it says a lot, says you know you need you need a quarterback number one. And I and I still don't see how. Um, I don't understand how the 49ers are doing it without without a quarterback, man. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, what are they gonna do next year?
6: I, next year's fascinating. Like, Jimmy G's gone, right? We right. know that. Um, but what do you do with Trey Lance and Purdy if Purdy keeps winning? I don't. I don't know. You can't. You can't take with that. I don't
8: know how you even, can't take, with, go you go take Purdy out of there. How do you do yeah, it? I don't you either. Can't. I don't either. I think the only politically correct way to do it, no matter what they're thinking behind closed doors, is it's an open competition. <laughs> that's the best. That's the best way you get out of that situation. I it's an guess. open competition because let's face it, out there it would be the same as it was here if we had a similar situation. All spring, all summer, all training camp, you would have the Headfields and the McCoys. I like Trey. I like Purdy. I He'll like... go back and forth until somebody arrives at a definitive decision. I think that's the best way to handle it. You, you have to justify taking this kid, Trey Lance, with a high first-round draft pick. Okay? Now, he lost valuable time due to that injury. You got to give him a fair shake going into OTAs, mini camps, training camp, preseason games, right? Right.
7: That's what they do it.
9: Not
8: Made to. the best man win.
9: That's yeah, not and always.
7: That's you know not well, always. It's not always what happens, but one thing I will say is the scheme more so than the- Purdy. And Purdy's playing one hell of a game, yeah, but schematically, is. you know, I mean, I've heard, you know, even McNabb said this. McNabb said when you look at how they run the organization, how, well, how, you know, how they go about the quarterback position. Right. They don't feel as though the quarterback – has to be anything more than what Brock Purdy is doing right now because right. he's saying you don't need – Shanahan saying you don't need a great quarterback there. You just run my system yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I'm looking and, like, is he wrong? No. I, no. I, I, yeah you know, Shanahan deserves a lot
6: of credit. It's not an easy thing right. to get down to your third-string quarterback and do what he's doing right Right, now. right, um, right. Also, Would John you- Lynch put together a really good team. Oh and my goodness, yes. made the best offseason se- in season trade we've seen in a long time. What is McCaffrey this like? Is this
7: like year 10 for him now? I being, mean, um, being, um, yeah, Lynch has been in place for a while with them. Yeah, I, I don't you know, know if I really big. thought because he was just, he had just retired like a year and a half and he becomes a, uh, you know, a a, a GM. I'm like, come on, man, are you serious? You're gonna let this guy come in and run your team, and I'll be daggone if he didn't come in and do yeah. one of the best jobs I've seen. Yeah. As you as thought as it was a situation, right? Or, or, or yeah. you know, more so like a Millen situation. Yeah, I
6: mean, he did oh, some yeah, him, but yeah, yeah it, it's it wasn't it wasn't like he was in some front office. Like he he, he just made that leap and he was right, right, he was looking right. back. Yeah,
8: you know, it, 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 in a San Francisco situation, it's a win-win for them when it comes to this quarterback controversy that's going to be brewing as it, as next season rolls around. Whatever they decide is a win-win situation for them, you know. With whether they play the first-round pick or this kid who's been a Cinderella story, but you, you, you know, Rob, you're right. You give Kyle Shanahan the credit because they they don't hold anything back with this kid. No. He throws the deep ball. He throws the intermediate routes. He scrambles back there, buys time like, like Mahomes, and he throws the ball out to a guy wide open because the defense has converged one way. He's-
0: Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.
8: they're letting this kid do what he does you know they they haven't restricted him you know you look Mm -hmm. at backup quarterbacks they come in a lot of games they have restrictions on them have you seen any restrictions on this kid over the last six seven games no you're right
6: they're not coaching scared shanahan is not coaching scared yeah there is no tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah so that's uh that, that's kind of that um a couple other things here to, to hit from an NFL perspective and there's a lot Man, we got a lot of good good news here uh to dig into here uh back and forth here but uh Ravens players have made it a point to really come out publicly and back Lamar Jackson not surprising but I guess because the last couple of days have been weird um I think they're trying to send a message to, to the Ravens organization and say, we want this guy back. We need this guy
7: back. That's crazy you got to do that. Yeah. As a player, you got to exercise um, who you are to get this guy back into the facility.
8: That's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it is Lamar Jackson's offense. And I think those veteran players realize, you let this dude walk, who's going to be quarterbacking us next year? What's doubt. going to be quarterbacking us next year? Mm-hmm. Yep. I want some first-round pick quarterbacking us now. We're a playoff-caliber team. There's nobody on the street out there who's worthy of coming in here and taking over this team. I don't want a Joe Flacco in here, a Joe Flacco type. I want some, <laughs> I want, I want some backup in here. No. You keep, that'll set us back two years.
7: Oh, man, it'll be the worst, man, because, you know, like you said, they've, they've customized this offense around, you know, Lamar. all of his – you know all of his skill.
6: And it's stuff. not as easy as plugging in Tyler Huntley. No disrespect. It's not. You know? yeah, and, yeah. and Tyler did a hell of a job. He, did. Man. He's, a, he's, a, he did. he's fine.
7: he's fine. But Greg Roman has has really choked everything down to 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 be what um you know. With, do you with, think he
6: survives? By the way, guys, there's been a lot of frustration with that offense. Hard hard for me to blame a coach when when Lamar's missed as much time as he's missed. But do you think he's safe, Greg that. Roman?
8: I, I think I think not he's his fault. Saved. Not his fault. You can't run your offense without the franchise quarterback. You can't. Yeah. You know. Not now school, you look. You, yeah. you look at. The, you look at the OC situation in, 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 in uh, LA with the Chargers. You had. You had Her- Herbert under center. You had Austin Eckler. You had your old line. You had your team intact except Mike Williams, and you scored three points in a big platform. Hey, you got to go. Greg Roman's got a built-in <laughs> <got an> excuse. <laughs> you know, what do you want me to do? My hands were tired. What do you want me to do? Yeah. I did the best I could with what I had. That's it. Well, well, I think mean, the, the thing
6: I I would not that the Ravens defense was bad, but I but you know, and maybe this was just Martindale wanted out of there. But Martindale doing what he's doing with the Giants is not a good look for the Ravens. You know that he that he he left there. And he was their coordinator, right on the <laughs> yeah, defensive yeah. side. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah. But so why did he leave though? Was he fired or he just left? I, I think it was a mutual parting of the ways. I think he probably yeah. just needed to change a scene, which it worked out for for him for sure. Yeah, because that
10: he, defense
7: was kind of. It was kind of raggedy for a little bit, you know, but they had everybody hurt, you know, everybody was hurt during that year. Yeah. I mean, all their linebackers, all their DBs, everybody was hurt and they blamed it all on Wink.
6: They've had a lot. They've had a lot of injury back. Right.
7: Uh, Remember, like, they had two sets. Yeah. Two sets of, 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 uh, corners, starting corners Mm -hmm. we put out.
8: Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. All right. So the match. Look at it like this, also. Yeah. The Ravens held Cincinnati's offense to 17 points. Mm
10: -hmm.
8: They held Joe Burrow to 209 yards passing. They held a running game to 51 yards rushing. What else do you want the defense to do? True. They held in Cincinnati's backyard with all that firepower they had.
6: It's right. Yeah, Cincinnati did not do a whole hell of a lot. I mean, the one touchdown was a defensive touchdown. Yeah. No, No, you're right. A
8: a fluke play cost them the game.
6: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know. Yeah.
8: What else do you want me to do? I held one of the most high-potent offense in the league is the 17 points in their backyard. Mm-hmm. We yeah. had a chance yeah. to win the game.
6: I think you're right. Uh, so the matchups are Saturday, 4.30, Jags at Chiefs, 8.15, Giants at Eagles, Sunday, 3 o'clock, Bengals at Bills, and then the late game is the Cowboys at the 49ers. If the Bills and Chiefs were to advance, that game would be played in Atlanta yep. at, at the neutral site, which has already been – you know, planned on those tickets went on sale today. uh, Potentially, I guess, I guess you, it's, you're in a holding pattern essentially for them. Um, <laughs> but that, uh, that's going to be a little weird, but there are a lot of people that think that's the precursor to what they're going to be doing. They're going to have championship games at a neutral site, just like they do the super bowl. Right. I, am, I, so
7: hope,
3: I, I, I am so opposed I to hope that. I am
6: so opposed to that. Well, that's
7: I me. Mean, that's a decided advantage, uh, advantage, you know I mean? That home field advantage. I think that's yes. the reason why we're going to the super bowl because mm-hmm. home field, 49ers have to come here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The the, the Giants have to come through here. You know, it's a lot harder, man. Bro, you really don't understand what home field advantage is until you, you know, well, they really don't know anymore until you've played in the vet under those hostile, you know, conditions. Right. You know, I, I knew we had an advantage when I was playing here, but it wasn't until I came back and played inside this place that I really understood how hostile it is to play in somebody, somebody else's house, and and literally have fan base that you know absolutely acts like they hate you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it, it was, it was an amazing experience, man. Yeah, no it was question. an amazing experience. The, the, right. whoever, the,
8: whoever the highest seat is for the, the the conference championship games have earned that right to host that game. Yeah, plain, plain and simple, plain. Yep. and you know what they say: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know why would you mess that up? Why would you take that right away from a team that has fought tooth and nails to be the number one seed? If they're number one seed to be the home team, you're the best seed surviving. Why wouldn't we have that right? Say you say you're like the three or four seed and you knock off the the one and two seed, you deserve the right to host that game. I don't know. You've earned that right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they don't change that, man. I hope so too. I hope so too. All right,
6: we're gonna come back. We'll look back at a little bit of the history of this Giants-Eagles uh, rivalry over the years. It's pretty extensive, man. It goes back a long ways. A lot of games played, some memorable games to say the least. We'll give you the playoff records. We'll do all that. We'll mix in a little Sixers, a little bit of Flyers. At 2 o'clock, David Murphy's going to join us. We'll talk Eagles. He's down there at the NovaCare Complex today, so we'll talk to David at two o'clock don't go anywhere Derek gunn barrett brooks rob ellis on this tuesday we're sports take Jacob sports youtube network right now i'm going to tell you about flynn tree services yes flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property they offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face and they're just a quick phone call away they're experts at trimming all types of trees and they serve Southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, Northern Delaware. I'm, I'm going down the street today. I'm walking the dog this morning. And my neighbor, my neighbor's got a, had a tree that was like hanging over into the street. It was a mess. The township reached out to him, said, you got to take that thing down. I was talking to him a little bit. I recommended my guys at Flint Tree Services, and he's going to be all squared away. Yes, they specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning as well. Keep in mind, uh, you got storm season, some nasty winds this time of year. It's a great time to get your trees evaluated. Before you have a bigger problem, you go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call. 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com.
9: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Valle Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise... We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all
2: about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
13: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
6: back in everybody thanks for hanging out with us we're sports Stake, jacob sports youtube network all right so a couple things to hit here guys d gun barrett brooks and rob ellis so uh ruben frank had a good piece today nbc sports philadelphia about the uh the history the rivalry if you will the eagles and the Cal or eagles and the, and the giants excuse me um they've met 182 times um the giants really uh were the better team in the early going uh through the first 54 years of this thing uh, the the series was 46 61 to 2 in favor of the giants last 35 years it's 46 to 27 eagles last 30 meetings eagles have won 24 of 30 so they they've really the eagles have had the better of them of late um they're two and two in meeting in the playoffs this is the fifth time they will meet in the postseason and it's two and two of course we've had you know, miracle at the Meadowlands, three or four, depending how you look at it. There's been some memorable stuff. You guys remember the Acres kick and what was it, two thousand? The the money kick to for the Eagles to advance past the Giants. There, I mean, there's this this thing goes back a little ways here, guys. To the to the thing over my head right there. That's uh, it's Chuck Bednarik over Frank Gifford right there. So right, <laughs> a lot going on there.
7: It, it was like I can remember, like maybe four years ago. The series is like tied, like what was it, like sixty-four to sixty-four or something like that. I don't know how weird it is now, but um, it's crazy how this battle has gone back and forth over the years, and how dominant the Eagles have been since I've you know been a part of the organization since '95. Yeah, going back and
10: forth.
8: Mm-hmm. I my history with this rivalry began in '97. So Rob, you know you have a much better a grasp of the history, but. You know, uh, there's been some incredible games, incredible finishes. The first two that come to mind, the, the Westbrook and Deshaun Jackson punt returns. I was there for both of those games. Incredible, yep. you know. And it's amazing how, if you look at a lot of the greatest rivalries in the history of pro football, they have those ebbs and flows. It seems like where one team dominates for eight, ten years, all of a sudden the other team gets his revenge for the next 18 years. And I think this 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 rivalry kind of follows that trend. Right now, it's all about the Eagles, and hopefully, knock on wood, that'll be the same case Saturday night. Um, you know, but it's, it's 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 been a long illustrious career history between these two teams, man. It's, you know what was it? There was one um, that people talked about when I first got here about the Clyde Simmons a uh, return for a touchdown. Yeah, blocked um,
6: uh, field goal attempt that never went past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so yeah. Clyde Simmons, defensive end, scoops it up like crazy athletic. And runs it in for a touchdown on on, on a, a field goal. I mean, that ends up winning the game for the Eagles. Like that, some yeah, people yeah. count that in the miracle of the Meadowlands. Like it, that one is one of them. Yeah. it's one of the greatest athletic plays you'll see a, a, a big yeah, see, see now. I got to look it
7: up. I got to look it up now. Oh, dude, I don't check really- it out. Yeah.
6: And Clyde was a great athlete. Clyde gets overshadowed. Not the whole thing
7: here, but by Reg, yeah. Bit, I think
6: it's a little overshadowed. Well, Jerome Reggie also played, and Reggie. Yeah, he played with Jerome and yeah. Reggie. It, it, just on his own, the guy was a sack machine. He was, even when yeah, he left here, yeah. he played, he, he put up really good numbers. Clyde Simmons is a, it was an excellent football player. But
8: see, see not, Rob, you got to be impressed with my, my recall.
6: Be that Gunner. I know, man. <laughs> it was, it, it's seriously impressive, man. But yeah, Clyde played, Clyde played from 86 to 2000. That's a long time in the trenches. He played a long time. Um, he, he, So he had 19 sacks and 92 for the Eagles. But even when he left here, like he had 11 sacks for Arizona uh, then Jacksonville, he had seven and a half, eight and a half. Yep, you know, he yep. had seven in Cincinnati in the second to last year. Anyway, I'm done with the Clyde Simmons thing. But... <laughs> I, I,
7: I battled with him um, for like half of my career. You know, battled against him and, him and Seth while they were in um, Arizona. Right.
6: Arizona. And yeah.
7: a couple of times we battled in um, – battled in uh, – in, in 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 down in Jacksonville. I mean, he's always been good. He
6: was been in he probably too, I think, for a minute. Cincinnati
7: yeah. also. That's right.
8: Yep. Barrett, I've heard you, you know, you you and I used to sit across from each other and you have talked extensively about battling the likes of uh, Reggie White. And then uh, you made the mistake of showing us that video that one time, which I thought I was going to have to go to the emergency room because my kidney was about to split inside from laughing. (laughs) And you go, why are you laughing? And I'm like, dude, you look, you play in the NFL. But that was funny. But also, what am I getting was that funny? Dude. Because Reggie White was barely three hundred pounds, okay, and everybody on the planet who watched football knew what his signature move was, which is that club move. And you six five, what was your playing weight? You told you've told us before. What was 320, your play? Three twenty. The fact that a man barely three hundred could lift a dude heavier than him the way he lifted Bear. Why you always picking on Bear? No. Why did no, you bring this up? No. No. What I'm saying is, my question I want to know that, too. I'm mean, outside of Reggie White. <laughs> why, why, why are we bringing outside, this up? How outside did we get of Reggie here? <laughs> White, who is, the, who is the one defensive lineman outside of Reggie White that you just hated to line up against? It wasn't even the defensive lineman. It was actually no. a linebacker. Really? Not yeah, a D-lineman?
7: No, no, no. Who was it? Kevin Harvey. Oh, I remember him. Oh, yeah. Kevin Harvey played with the Cardinals, but he also played with, the uh, at the time, the Redskins. Kevin Harvey was... The best rusher I played. He to me, he was better than, than Derek Thomas. What? Damn, He was better than I mean, he was better than everybody except for Reggie. <laughs> Pat Swilling, what? you name it, Charles Haley. He gave me fits my entire NFL career that I played against him. Wow.
8: What made he him was so
7: on! I don't know. He was like my kryptonite. Every time I see, every time I see Riley McKenzie or Guy McIntyre, the first thing they say, come on, you better stop playing around, Brooks, before I go get Ken Harvey. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm just, that's 20 years ago. Ooh, yeah, you ooh. know exactly what I'm talking about. Like Ken Harvey, y'all look him up. Ken Harvey was a beast.
6: Yeah, he's he underrated, too. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he he's double-digit sacks twice. Ooh. He had nine <laughs> a bunch of times. Yeah, he played a long time. He had a good career.
7: Great career. He was Phoenix, good. Washington.
6: Ooh. Yeah, split his, split his career base <laughs> between those two teams. Yeah. I used to lose sleep over that dude. Okay, that's and how good really? he was.
8: Yes, yes. I, I and, and he would never say thought two you words. would say that. I thought it would be in, in, in like a rough Six I, 240. Like...
6: Yeah, played his uh, played his college ball at Cal. He from yep. out of Cal. So yeah, first round or twelfth overall wow. in the
7: eighty eight draft. See, I mean, he was wow. He was that dude. That okay. dude. He was. He was a phenomenal player, man. Like I I still wake up sometime with cold flashes. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I hear you, man. I hear you. um All right, so it was interesting little little tidbits there from that this rivalry, and we'll see what this uh with this chapter holds. Right, we'll we'll find out Saturday night. I think the weather. I think the weather's gonna be much of a factor, right? It's gonna be kind of warm for this time of year in, in yes, our area.
8: Um, wait, I 40, just saw it's this, gonna be forty-one. Yeah,
7: it's not. That's warm, bro. It's not. Yeah, really. I mean, it, wide receivers are going to have sleeves off, man.
8: Right. A high, a high of 43, a low of 33. Still, yeah. 33 is like that's, a heat
7: wave. That's mild for for
6: late yeah. January. Yeah. Where yeah. It in our, our, yeah.
7: It takes away a little bit of our advantage, but look, it, it's not an advantage when you're playing another cold world, world Yeah, they're, they're yeah. used to it. Yeah, yeah. they're used you to know it, man. You know. So it, it, it really didn't make a difference. So there's no it's no real advantage. Yeah, it's a push.
8: It. Yeah,
7: push. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I would like for it to rain – Give us a little bit of advantage. Our run game against their run game. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, man, you just got to, you know, mano y mano, man, against man. Let's just go out and see who's the toughest guy on the block. Yep. You know what I'm saying?
6: Yeah, well said. Yeah, well said. All right, let me hit a couple other things before we get to uh, David Murphy, who's coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, Sixers play tonight. They're at the Clippers. So far, so good on this West Coast swing. They've won two super tight games uh, against the Jazz and the Lakers. James Harden has really come on, uh, is playing extremely well. So is Embiid. I mean, he's, he really has been the whole year. We just probably don't point it out as much as we should. Uh, but both guys are, are clicking. It appears they're really fine in their chemistry. Harden was asked about this. They interviewed him after the Lakers game on the floor. Um, I think it was Kate Scott and Al-Bunabi asked him. And he was like, look, it, it, it takes a little while. You know, Everybody wanted it to just click automatically yesterday, and it, it takes a minute. Um, so those two are starting to, to, kind of come into their own. We'll see how they do against the Clippers tonight. Flyers got smoked yesterday, guys, in an afternoon mountain, uh, Martin Luther King day, afternoon. They got, got their doors blown off by the, uh, by the Bruins. All right. I mean, it's the Bruins, man. Yeah, what do we like? I'm, anybody gets cranked <laughs> up about that shame on you. You know what I mean? It, like, it was coming and it's the Bruins. So, uh, yeah, so they lost, but they're, they're hosting the ducks tonight there. Look, I mean, both teams for the most part, we are so preoccupied with the Eagles, as we should be, but they're playing pretty well. Flyers giving us way more than we thought, and the Sixers are, you know, yeah. they've climbed the standings yeah. here. We, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, so as, as we go into action tonight, they're fourth, right? But they're you know, they're right there. They're, they're essentially, they're 27 and 16, Milwaukee's 28 and 16, and Brooklyn's 27 and 15. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, they could very easily you know, be the number two seed very quickly um in this thing. And still no Kevin Durant for the uh for the Nets. So just keep that in mind too.
8: Um I don't want to take anything away from the Sixers because you gotta you got to be who's in front of you. But, you know, they've been blessed to be fortunate enough to have a portion of their schedule schedule where they're playing the second tier a string of the second tier teams in the NBA. You got to beat them though. You got to sure. beat them. And you look at Utah, Utah's not what it was since they gutted the team. The Lakers have been a mess last season and carrying over into this season. But you came out with one-point wins. You found a way to come out with one-point wins in consecutive games. And that bodes well down the stretch as you strategize in in close games um, against better competition. So, you know, the the fact of the matter is you applaud them for what they're doing because we could easily chastise them for what they wouldn't have done have their record been upside down at this point. And you know what right. the problem you is? To, like,
6: I, I always try to look ahead a little bit to where the really tough stretches are. Yeah, yep. Yeah. There's so many bad to mediocre teams. Like, it there's is. not a lot. Like, I'll, I'll give you one that is going to be interesting. Like, January 25th, they're home against Brooklyn, and then they're home against the Nuggets. Okay, that's a, that's a tough one, too. Okay? Right, right. But – you get Orlando a couple of times, and then it's San Antonio. After that, and yeah. you know, you mix in a Boston, you mix in a Brooklyn, but then it's Houston who stinks. You know, then you get a Cleveland and Memphis. That's a, I'll give you a tough stretch here: home Cleveland, home Memphis, home Boston, two against Miami, home and home, and then Dallas right, at right. Dallas at Milwaukee. Right. That's a tough stretch. That's
8: that a might be a tough stretch is. of the
6: year. That is, yeah.
8: and you know, and every dog every dog has its day. I mean you go back to earlier this year a couple I believe it was a couple of days after New Year's Day Boston which is the most dominant team in the NBA they give up 150 points to Oklahoma City right. it just happens it's just one of those fl- – Oklahoma City couldn't miss that day you know and Oklahoma came in here and beat the sixers you know it just mm-hmm. happens you know you yeah, right have right and it does you know but as long as you win a majority of games you're you're supposed to win it's all you can do I agree. Well, I mean, but where are we're at
7: a, well. I, I'm just gonna speak for myself. I'm not gonna say the fan base. So I'll speak for myself. Right. Where are we at as far as you know? If we go into the playoffs, you know, what's the expectation? Getting past the you know the number two, you know, round yes. of playoffs. We can get yes. past that, then you know,
8: we'd say it's it's, it's a great year for us. We That's just a can't get past. Start. That. Yeah, you know, it's a significant start, Barrett, because it hasn't yeah. happened the last couple of years. So if you get get past that second round, if if they got to the conference championship game, I think as frustrated as people would be, I think people would also look back at it realistically and say, okay. I think it would be similar to, to the run the Phillies had. You know, nobody expected the Phillies to get to the World Series. And everybody knew going into the World Series, it was going to be monumental if they could beat Houston. But what I loved about this fan base was when that series was all said and done, The majority of people on social media step back and say, you know what, give credit where credit is due. Houston was just that good. Kudos to the to the Phillies for giving us an extended season. And I think for the most part, when people step back, if the Sixers got to the conference championship and lost to Boston or Milwaukee, you know, people would step back and say, you know what, all season long. All we've heard about is Boston, Milwaukee, the two best teams in the East. Sixers at least got a chance to match up against them. And I think people realistically would applaud the Sixers for getting over that hump of not being able to get past the second round. I buy it. I, I buy
6: that. I, I think minimum uh, Eastern Conference Finals, minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Yes. Minimum. Absolutely. And even then, I don't. It depends how it ends. You know, it depends yeah. how it ends. You get swept out, then there's going to still be anger if, if it's True. a tight game, and you, you know, you're losing seven in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think yeah. you can live with something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, know a lot of people would say they have to get to the finals. I, and I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, after all these years, I'm not going to argue that. All right. So what we have coming up, we have David Murphy, uh, coming up next. We'll talk to him. He's down at the Nova complex. So you had Nick Sirianni speak, uh, you had Jalen Hurts speak players meeting with the media as well. They're practicing today, normally Tuesday's an off day, but because they're playing Saturday, they did practice today in anticipation for that night game on Saturday. So we'll come back. We'll dig into that, you know, and we'll, we'll jump around a little bit. We'll talk about the game last night with David. We'll get into maybe a little bit of Sixers because he also covers the Sixers quite a bit. Uh, but we'll hit all those kind of things with him. And, and you know what? I, I mean, look, the the when you have a playoff week, and now we know, right? Now we know who it's going to be. It's not, not just us last week sort of anticipating what it might be, who it could be. We know what it is. It's concrete now. It's just got a different vibe to it, playoff week, than than any other time of year and you hope it just keeps rolling. Uh, Absolutely. So the beauty is if you can win, you stay at home and you let Dallas and San Francisco just beat each other up and see how that thing shakes out and whoever the winner is has got to come here. That's for sure and then next stop after that,
7: yeah, I hear. You know, let's 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 just hope it's that just, it's it's just Dallas it. Dallas beats Dallas beats the 49ers and no team after playing the 49ers has ever won this year. <laughs>
8: So You're you mean right. throughout so throughout the record the deck is eight and one versus the Eagles? All goes you, away. So hopefully that, that theory, the 49ers, nobody's won the next game after coming out of a, a I like backyard you thinking, alley brawl.
7: I like that. It, I like by that. any means necessary, necessary, by any means Bam. possible, just make it happen. Yes, exactly
6: right. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. David Murphy will join us from the Inquirer. He's Derek Gunn, he's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We're sports take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're gonna talk about Razor Technology right now. Because data is everywhere in business today, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used and businesses don't have time to wait for the insights that shape decision making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting and distributing it to decision makers. Razor helps businesses transform and model their data. Use it to populate real-time dashboards and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools to make data insights easily digestible help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. To learn more, contact Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282. 866-797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com, that's razor-tech.com.
9: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
11: Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise... We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations
2: like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hits and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
13: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
3: With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney.
4: Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli.
3: Well, you
5: know who Phil he is. Post Game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
6: All right, welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Tuesday. We are Sports State Jacob Sports' YouTube network. Always love talking to our next guest. Does an excellent job really covering all the sports in the city. He was down at the Care Complex today as the Eagles are practicing and meeting with the media as well in anticipation for this divisional round game against the Giants. You can follow him on Twitter at by David Murphy and, of course, inquirer.com columnist David Murphy. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man?
15: what's up fellas what's going on hey, Dave, man, give me give me, give
6: me your vibe uh today for everything that, that kind of went down i know uh, jalen hurts had a great he's got so many of these these i don't know man he's um he's a machine he's a quote machine or a, uh i don't know what but basically hey you're gonna be full bore you gonna be able to run the ball against the giants i got a bounty on me every game i go out there and play the guy the guy's like john wayne man
15: or something i don't know what it is <laughs> I yeah i mean he's definitely got he's definitely got the swagger he plays the part i'll give yeah. him that he's uh I mean, he, he was exactly what you, you have come to expect out of Jalen Hurts. Um, and he's right. I mean, you know, he does have a bounty on him every game. Um, probably not explicit, but he, everyone knows that, you know, you got to put some licks on him to, to kind of stay in the game against this Eagles offense. And I'll tell you what, you know, Daniel Jones might be getting to that point right now with the way he was running the ball the other day. Um, yeah, good point. You know, it's, it's – uh, look it, – from that respect that it's going to be the same mentality for both these teams. You know, if you have a chance to hit this guy in the open field, you got to do it, you know? Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. Well, does That's that, sad. does that stop you from, from run calling the plays that make Jalen Hurts, as special as he is Would you as an officer coordinator, try to save him a little bit for the next game. To me, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm uh, it's all everything but the kitchen sink is going at, you know, this, this giants team. So,
15: yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you can save anything. Um, You can't look ahead. I I, I think, the big question, yeah, it's it, it is a big question, but I, I don't think we're going to know. I mean, I think uh, the question is, can he is he healthy enough to uh, exactly you know execute those design runs? And I mean, we did not see it against the Giants last time. Uh, you know, you could argue they didn't need to show it against the Giants last time, and it made made the most sense just to get him on the field and, and protect him at all costs. Um, but somebody asked him that today. Um, I forget who it was, but they asked, you know. We, you know, essentially the the question for for all intents and purposes was, you know, two weeks ago we saw you kind of take make a business decision on on a number of different occasions. Um, you know, is it is it all out this time? Is it, are you going to be lower in the shoulder this time? And he he kind of just gave a one word answer that was non committal. So I I don't know. I think I think it's a big question what where his physical state is at. Um, I think anybody who's watched him as a competitor would expect you know to see nothing less than. 100, um, regardless of where that shoulder is at, and yeah, I mean, Barrett, you know, I'm with you. I think they, I think they have to make those calls. You know, I absolutely think they have to that that design running game, um, you know, as a part of this thing because that's what what that's you know, 30, 40 percent of their offense. Hey, Dave, uh, you, you, I love the article you wrote about uh,
8: previewing this matchup. About proceed with caution. Three things to concern to to, to be, really take a look at. Um, and, and I think we agree when it, when you look at his team on paper, you know, you look at the numbers they put up on both sides of the football, the Eagles are a superior team, mm-hmm. but, but enlighten, enlighten those who are watching and listening, some
15: of the concerns that you had moving forward as we get closer to this matchup. Well, I mean, health's obviously the one big thing. Um, you know, we'll see what Lane Johnson looks like. Uh, you know, I w I don't think that will be an issue. Just, just given the way kind of he's <laughs> practiced and, and also the way that he's played, you know, through stuff in the past, Um, you know, that's one big thing that could go wrong. Uh, And then hurts obviously is another, another big thing. If for some reason he really isn't, uh, if he is only 75% of himself, you know, maybe that's enough to let the giants uh, back in this thing. But look, I, you know, I I I was talking to someone in the locker room just an hour ago and and he put it best. I think I would be much more surprised if the Eagles lost this game than if they won by two touchdowns. So, I mean, Mm. that's, okay. you know, that's kind of where my head is at, Um, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll see. I I think Dable, I think, I think Brian Dable's a great coach and I think that's probably one variable that, that, um, you know, you, you have to account for. The Giants kind of take the air out of the football. They're not, they're they're not the most pleasant team to watch um, on the offensive side of the football, but you know, if you limit possessions and then all of a sudden, you know, one turnover, you know, that, that can be the difference. So, uh, look, we still got to see Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni win a playoff game. Uh, I think this is an opponent that they've, they've showed they can handle, you know, mm-hmm. with relative ease in the past, but, you know, we should take nothing away from them, you know, if they do in fact win this game, because I think simply going out there and, and executing to a point where, where you score more points than the other team right now, it's a big step forward for this team. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, David, you, you mentioned the, the mm-hmm. talent gap, and I think it, it is pretty significant, but, they are well coached the giants. You do Mm -hmm. wonder at some point if the lack of weaponry other than Saquon and and Daniel Jones certainly can hurt you in a number of different ways. We've seen that, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't catch up to them at some point. It didn't last week against the Vikings, but man, you you do wonder if the Eagles can come out and establish themselves early. Can the giants get back in a game if they're not leading or it's super close? Mm
15: -hmm. Well, I mean, that's the thing that Vikings defense is just, I I don't know how, how they grade out as well as they do. Uh (laughs) Um, but that's one yeah. of the worst defenses in the league that I've seen this year. Um, and I think we saw it firsthand back in week two. Uh, they're just not very good. And look, I, I think uh, – I think the Giants have a running game that the Eagles historically have not struggled to stop. Um, you know, it, it's kind of that power, you know, downhill game. I'm not sure Saquon has that that <coughs> cutback cut explosion that he used to have. Um I'll tell you what, the, I mean, the one big variable is, is you know, Daniel Jones carried the ball 17 times last game. Um, right. And we've seen it with Hurts. We've seen it with Vic. We've seen it with, um, you know, just about any scrambling quarterback out there. I mean, Justin Fields, he's he's not very good, but right. I mean, they won some games just because he can, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. real frustrating. And Jones is kind of the, you know, might be the most frustrating of them because, you know, he doesn't necessarily have that, <laughs> that you know, um, you know he doesn't have that quick athletic burst, but you know when a guy like that then you know scrambles for ten yards on a third and eight, it's just a complete backbreaker. You know uh, you do everything right and um, look, I, I think I, I am not scared by what the Giants did against the Vikings last week. I think the Vikings no, absolutely. I think the Vikings are uniquely mm-hmm. bad defense, and um, you know the only way the only way you see them losing this game is just a complete meltdown. Well, you know, looking at, you know, coaching staff for coaching staff, you know, we
7: asked uh, Matt Lombardi, Lardo, about the same thing. Um, coaching staff for coaching staff, you know, you got two coaches who probably should win, um, you, know, it, you know, coach of the year with, you know, how they brought these teams, you know, 14 and three, and then you have a team that made it to playoffs who was so bad. I mean, the worst team I saw last year was the Giants. And now look at them now. You know what would you say is the best coaching staff out of the two, Sirianni, Dable?
15: Uh, I, I'm a huge Dable fan, but I, I just think Sirianni. You know, I haven't watched him every day. I, you know, right now I I don't know how many better coaches in the league there are. Uh, you know, obviously you got Andy Reid, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not gonna throw him in that category yet. But but I'll tell you what 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 the similarities between these two coaches is they both uh, coach to their talent. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I'm interested to see what what the Giants roll out here against against the Eagles because, um, you know, yes. I mean, Dable has has shown an ability to to uh, kind of adapt, and and I think both have reached a point where they're they're really calling offenses that are specifically designed to maximize what their quarterback does. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, the difference between these two teams it might not be the coaching staff; it's the offensive line, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest difference between that's why, that's why Sirianni can do what he does. Um, You know, this having this offensive line allows you to do so many things as a head coach and you still got to be a good head coach, but you know, that Giants line is still, it's not, it's not nearly uh, not nearly on the level of this Eagles offensive line. And the fact that they can run the way that they do, the fact that the Eagles can gas you the way they do. I mean, they, they two years now, you know, they've, they've been calling an offense. that's you know, 50, 50, 60% runs. And, you know, 200 passing yards is the norm for this team. Um, Right. You know, that, I mean, that's a huge difference. Like when, when you, when you're getting four yards before contact, that's, it's just such a big thing. And, and I think Sirianni, you know, coaches that up very well. Um, Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from, from him. Same thing we see out of Shanahan over in, over in San Francisco, but they they have the talent and and the giants don't. And and that's, that's really where I think, you know, you know, the big differentiator on, in this game is
6: right. Murph, let me ask you, um, Mm -hmm. You got CJ Garner Johnson back for that final that mm-hmm. Giants game, whatever that, whatever it was, but they got him back. And we know what an impact he has now. He could very likely could be playing the slot here. It could be a different situation than how, you know, where he was playing that safety spot, but how big is it just to get him back? Because we saw the secondary, I would say slay more than anybody else. Take a little bit of a hit in his absence.
15: Yeah. I mean, look, we, we, we've seen that for, for years, how important that safety position is, you know, uh, you take it away. It, it matters. Uh, you know, maybe it doesn't matter you know enough for teams to invest in it the way the way you know they do a cornerback position, but but we saw that last year. It was, it was just such a there's a whole reason why they traded for him, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and moved him there. Um yeah, I, I think it can't do anything but but help. Um you know, I think it's huge. It's huge to come back. Avante Maddox, we'll see. I don't I don't know. Sirianni, I don't think sounded too optimistic about him. Um
6: Yeah, what did he say about him, or for people who don't know?
15: uh i mean he he essentially said what all coaches say um you know he's we'll we'll see how he does and progressing and all that sound yeah i don't know he kind of prefaced it with a uh maybe he's he's completely blown smoke but but he kind of kind of put the damper put a little little damper on it i think okay um so yeah i mean you know who knows i mean and you know anyone any any anybody this defense can get back is is obviously gonna help um Gardner Johnson, I, I think, you know, he's a, he's a bigger variable probably against a team that, that's a little more vertical. Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know that I would. Yeah, he's huge, It's huge to get him back, but I, I think it, right now, if the Eagles can stop the run, uh, which I think they can, uh, the Giants are not a team that can adapt real well. Um, you know, when they have third and eight, you know, throughout a game.
8: I hey, David. David topic we discussed several weeks on this show. Now, we all sit here today on a Tuesday believing Lane Johnson is playing in this game. There's nothing that tells us that he's not going to play in this game. He may not be 100%. But if he reaggravates that thing to a point where he can't go anymore, do you think we've seen enough to, of Jack Driscoll on that right side? Would, would you be all in board if they decide to move Malata to the right side and insert Dillard? We haven't seen it. You know, we've been screaming for it. We haven't seen it. Uh-huh. But – I think in a game of this magnitude, I think it would be a natural progression instead of crossing your fingers, putting Dillard back, uh, putting Driscoll back on that right side.
15: Yeah, I mean, you kind of, I I don't know it. I, yeah, I I think you have to think about it, given the way, given what we saw, we've seen, you know, out of the other scenario so far. Um, yeah. You know, at this point, it, it's it's just such a massive difference. No matter who's in there, it's such a massive difference mm-hmm. when, when Johnson mm-hmm. is not in there. It's almost mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, don't even think about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. Just, just stick it in the sand. Like I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I would. I would. I'm. I'm totally on board with that. I just sometimes there's not an actual solution, and I think this might be one of those cases. Because I mean, Lane is just. You see his number. I mean, it's every year, you know, it's, it's those and you just see the disparity in in the Eagles' numbers with him and without him. You know, I mean, he's just so. I'll tell you what that uh, injury he has. Uh, I'm not a big fan of comparing the layman like myself to to you know <laughs> an offensive line, but like I've I've torn a, I've torn a groin before or an adductor muscle before, and it's like I, I'm, I'll be very impressed to see him go out. there. I think he will, <laughs> you know. And it, it's a difference between me and him. I, I couldn't play basketball for for a year. He's gonna he's gonna Ooh. block down lineman for you know. 60 minutes on, on Saturday. Uh, We get a little bit of that
7: love juice though, man, that love juice, man. It it, it gets you going, man. You don't feel anything for the first,
15: you you wake up that next day, you feel everything. (laughs) You you guys got better pharmacists than us. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's look like it's, uh, I mean, that the muscle that he, that he has, has injured is, is the one that like, you know, is essentially like your basketball slide muscle, you know? Um, and it's the one – I mean, you know, obviously it's it's what makes him so good, uh, his ability to balance on while doing that. Um, it's that kick leg. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I don't think he would be cutting WWE promotions if uh, <laughs> he was worried. So. <laughs> right.
6: <laughs> How about Miles Sanders, Murph? What, what are your expectations? Because he gouged them in that first game, uh, you know, against the Giants. He had a big, big game. Um you know it's been limited of late how much of that was maybe his knee wasn't 100% how much of that is maybe they they got away from it a little bit too much as a as play callers etc you expect the big one out of him this week
15: yeah i do and I, you know what i i like what i've seen out of boston scott I, although we we we've been saying that for 4 years now it's it's like they only rediscovered every year yeah you know? and especially
6: against the giants he's good
15: yeah right. yeah i mean he hits uh look i think we're going to see i mean i don't i don't have any obviously obvious, obvious insight into the you know meeting room and what they're talking about but i would be surprised if we don't see just a, a vintage downhill you know if they don't run the ball 30 times you know i'll be surprised you know shoot they could they, they might end up running it 40 times uh so yeah i mean obviously i think sanders is going to be a huge part of that um you know i think he's been he, miles has kind of been miles throughout his whole career you know and it's just about whether he's he's healthy or whether they're calling his number um and i understand why why they changed it up i mean also, Scott some of these guys you know going back all the way to uh you know Clement I mean they they, they bring a little different skill set to the table than, than miles does and um yeah I I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see a ground and pound um you know okay. I think it's just gonna be it's what the Eagles do well you know line up and just blow people off the ball um, and then let miles do his thing and, and then throw you know Boston Scott in there for a couple other change of pace bullets
7: I think the same thing, man. You know, because you're gonna have to ground and pound them. But the only thing is, from a from a from an offensive side, if you look at their offense and how you've seen Jones just go out there and really make the plays, that he's making he's making lemonade with mm. lemons. You know, oh I mean, yeah. I was trying to equate, you know, what what's his name, Hodges. Is Isaiah Hodges, yeah. Hodges. Yeah. I was equating him to the Travis Fulgham type of yeah. guy. You know what I'm saying? Will he be that type of guy? He yeah. had one great game and now everybody's thinking he's a second coming. I just like our defensive backs against any of their DB, I mean any of their wide receivers all day long, man. So when I look at it, I can't look at Minnesota game and try to really put in perspective how we're gonna play that defense, how we're gonna play that offense with our defense. I just can't do it, man. I can't Yeah,
15: man. It. They're dude, they're, they're they're their their offense does not scare me. Right, uh, Not at all. Not in the least. I mean <laughs> Look, like the the, two Vikings games, like two of the only games of the Giants offense hasn't looked like trash all year, you know? (laughs) Right. Uh, It's, you know, they they look really bad at times. Um, uh, You know, the Lions, I think they put up, they put up a crooked number against. um, But this Eagles defense is just night and day from that Vikings, that Vikings defense. Uh, And I'm, yeah, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, like, you know, we've seen, you know, we've seen Slay and Bradbury kind of take care of business against, you know, far more, look, I like Darius Slayton. I think, I think he's a good route runner. Um, you know, but the biggest thing is the pressure. I think, you know, I think, um, you know, Jones just looks like a completely different, he he doesn't move, you know, as as good of a scrambler as he is, he's not a great, he doesn't make, he doesn't make real quick decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. he doesn't really get away, um, real quick. He doesn't have that kind of that first step. And I think that's what we saw when they played, you know, when they played in the past, um, You know, I think the Eagles defensive line has the edge against this this Giants offensive line. Um, And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do a little more design run with with Daniel Jones to kind of counteract that a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's I don't think that I don't think you're going to see nearly the Giants passing game that you saw, you know, definitely not on Saturday. Definitely not Sunday.
6: Yeah. Hey, so hey Dave. Uh, from a pressure t- standpoint, but God.
8: Yeah, go Dave. Dave, take take Hassan Reddick out of the, the equation because he's had a phenomenal year.
15: Oh yeah, he was a monster last week or two weeks who, ago. Who
8: who would be your defensive MVP on this Eagles team outside of Reddick?
15: <sighs> That's a great question. Um, I mean, you have to go with Darius Slay, I think, just because you know of what he does by by just being able to man up on a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, really, all kind of works. Together. It all kind of works. I don't know what what, what would you say. I mean, I would say Slade just because. Um, I
8: had I had said Bradbury. I mean, there's like so many right. different directions you could go with yeah, this. But one of those, two.
15: I think, like those two that. should be co MVP. Like having two yeah. cornerbacks like that is, is such a big thing. You know, but yeah,
7: it, we lose light on how good TJ Edwards is. Oh, he
15: was the, so he was the other guy. I was gonna say, he yeah, the, so many. You know, yeah.
8: and like Rob <laughs> how do you how do you overlook Hargrave? You know, what he do, yeah. he's done.
15: Yeah. 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 And you've already taken Hassan Redick out of the question. So, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> we've named much the entire deal. you know. It's a good sign. Yeah. There's, there's a lot uh, of guys you can choose. But, yeah, Edward, that. I mean, look, I, I just talked to him today. You know, I, I think, you know, he's – I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he's been underrated, but just the strides that – that put put this way, the strides that that position has made over the last couple of years uh, yep. has been – No question. That's one of the big difference, differences between these two two units last year. Yep. It's just, yep. just that linebacker position.
6: Yeah, no, well said, Mark mm. what, what were your thoughts on last night? Was that just a, a, a Tampa team that had no business being there, or did Dallas, you know, show you this is what they're capable of they if they're dialed in?
15: Well, I mean, I'm going to go to my grave doubting Mike McCarthy. So okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lean towards the lot. look. That that uh, that Bucks team they've been they've been awful all year. They 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 had no business being in the playoffs. Uh, you know Tom Brady has one foot out the door. Uh, he might want to just leave the building. Uh, like I, the offensive line is just you know he's such a different quarterback when when he has time and he has and he doesn't have guys at his feet versus when he does. The guy just can't move anymore. He's forty five years old. You know, uh, he can still throw the ball. He just can't move. Uh, and yeah, I think this was. Look, the Cowboys have impressed me. They impressed me the way they, frankly, they impressed me the way they put up uh, put up those numbers against the Eagles defense, you know, when Minshew was playing. Um so I'm probably a little wrong in, in, in blaming completely the Bucs, but mm-hmm. um I think yeah, that Tampa team is just they're just not <laughs> they're not the I mean the Cowboys were a two and a half point favorite on the road, um, uh, you know, against Tom Brady. That kind of tells you something about you know, the disparity between those two teams, but I, uh, you know what? At this rate though, the Cowboys really might make me eat it because uh, you know, they, I, I, was not scared of them at all going into these playoffs and, and you know, if maybe, maybe they, maybe they really are who they are. You we'll know?
6: find out this week. They're going against the hottest team in football.
15: Yeah. I mean, Michael, look, Michael Parsons, I, I think I doubt them more. I, I just think Trayvon Diggs is so overrated that, yeah. that defense must be overrated, but it, you know, tell You what, man? Michael Parsons, he makes up for a lot of you know, he, he's just he's one of those guys who just
6: he's everywhere,
15: always in the center of the frame, you know, and like he just single handedly blows things up. I don't, is he healthy by the way? I don't, I heard his
6: shin, like his, he got kind of clipped like friendly yeah. fire sort yeah. of deal. Mm-hmm. They said it was a shin, I thought it was more of his thigh. He played in the second half, but okay.
15: yeah,
6: it was, yeah, you know, the game was such a disaster at that point. I, I don't, I didn't
15: really, yeah, notice I wasn't as much. Yeah. I went to bed shortly after halftime. Um, You didn't miss any. (laughs) You missed two more Uh, kicks. You missed
6: PATs. That's about it.
15: For whatever reason, I've watched a lot of Bucks games this year. I'm not sure why. Maybe I've had money on them. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Actually, probably against them. In theory, you had money on them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're every bit as bad as they looked. Yeah. you know, against the Cowboys. They've, they've just looked that way. That Offenses look that way every week. I thought they were a threat to the Eagles just because of last year and because of Todd Bowles and because of, of you know, that defense. But I'll tell you what, Dak, Dak's playing a lot better than, um, you know, I've given him credit for in the past, I think. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like him as a quarterback. I just never really considered him um, – you know, one of those guys that, that, that should scare you or would make a difference in a playoff game, mm-hmm. um, you know, but he, he definitely, he, he made some throws last night that, that, you know, We're made legit. you think twice about that, you know,
6: uh, let me hit you with this Mark before we get you out of here. And we appreciate your time, I, you mm-hmm. also cover the Sixers cover everything for, for that matter.
15: Um. I've actually talking- written like 95% Phillies since.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's true, too. It's true, too. Uh, you, you do it all, man. But let me hit you with Sixers uh, here, uh, just, yeah. just as they're in season. Um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. You know, they're starting to – it looked like find some kind of groove. A little bit of it is tough to judge because they're not playing anybody, but my counter was there aren't a lot of good teams in the league to be playing. Um, what do you make of what's – from what you've seen of them, uh, how legit, how different they are maybe – than what they were the last couple of years where they get bounced in the second round.
15: Man, I'll be honest with you. I, just, I can't even talk myself into the Sixers yet. No. It's just they're, 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 they're just the same team as they've always been, you know? Yeah. And it's like, like part of it is the NBA doesn't really matter until after Christmas, but it's after <laughs> Christmas here. I still can't get excited about it. Uh, you know, maybe it's the Eagles, maybe it's the Phillies, whatever. But look, they're kind of like, to me, they're like, they're trapped in that to your point, like they're better than what twenty-four teams in the league. You know right. they're one of the eight to ten best teams. Um, but it just takes. It's I think what we're. It just takes so much to get to that. Um, you know to get to that next stage, and I. I don't know if they have it. I mean, we'll see. I, I think. I, I think Harden is. I think you can win with this team that they have. And I, I'll be honest with you. You know, at some point if Joel Embiid wants to be considered the player that he wants to be considered, then, you know, they should be, they need to win because of him, you know? I mean, the Bucs win because of Giannis, you know? Um, Celtics, you know, Celtics are kind of a unique team. I I wouldn't really say, I wouldn't put Tatum on that level necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, like, yeah, like the Bucs win because of Giannis. And you're supposed to be, you know, Embiid is supposed to be, you know, that, transcendental of a player you know. at some point you know if you've got all these other pieces around you and you're still not winning at some point you got to stop blaming the other pieces you know um so i I think they're better i think they're more sensible i love the anthony melton um you know i I think it really comes down to doc to 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 you know make it work and then it comes down to Embiid to be the dominant guy that that he needs to be you know yeah it's well, it's Dave, like, oh, Dave well, David, let me ask. Uh, we're not going to know anything until the playoffs, you know? yeah.
8: Well, Dave, let me ask you this then, because you said you you've honed in on so much on the Phillies. Your thoughts on all the offseason moves they've made, um, you know, trade Turner is a huge one, but but how they've shored up their pitching staff up to this point?
15: Yeah, I think they've done. I think they've done. Is, I think they've done all that they can do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Ra, Ra, you guys all know. A bullpen, these relievers, it's really tough to know what you're going to get year yeah. to year. Like um, kickers. They're
6: like kickers, man. You don't. never
15: know. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. Like yeah. we, you know, to a certain extent, they've done exactly what they've done the last few off seasons when they brought in guys like Brad Hand and Corey Kniebel and Archie Bradley and Matt Moore and Uri's Familia. And it's like, all you can do is spend the money on guys that had good years last year and see what happens this year, you know? So mm-hmm. in that sense, in that sense, I'm not like, you know it's kind of you have to wait and see what you get but i do think that they've done a really good job um um i think they saw last year that the bullpen the depth was was a huge problem um and i think that they're you know gonna err on the side of having too much depth and too little this year um you know i like a lot of these like smaller moves that, that dombrowski has made just to bring an mm-hmm. arms. um you know the guy i love the move they made with the tigers um Soto Soto Mm -hmm. um you know that guy you you know all you need is you know you you need Alvarado and Dominguez to to be healthy and and be who they were last year and then all you need is you know really one or two of those guys to to you know hit for you and and they'll be all right so Mm -hmm. I like it I I like what they've done I think Mm -hmm. you know so much of it is going to come down to what we saw out of the 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 big guys last year like our Nolan Wheeler what they were last year look Wheeler there's some reason to wonder like what 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 his physical state was at, you know, in the World Series. Um Noah yeah. I think will be the same guy he's always been. Um so I think that I think it comes down to you know those guys are gonna determine their upside. Mm-hmm. But I think they've they've look, if everyone's healthy, I think that 93 wins is their floor. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that health is, is such a big part of it.
6: No question. Murph, listen, man. Thank you. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at by David Murphy. And of course, Philip uh, inquire, inquire.com. Murph, we appreciate a couple of minutes. Appreciate
8: you, bro. Thanks guys. Thanks, bro. All right, All right, man. Take care. Be good. That is
6: David Murphy. All right, let's get a quickie in here guys and we'll come back uh, and we will uh, roll into our final segment, do some birthdays, do some movies and get it back to some of the things that went down today with the Eagles and their meeting with the media as well. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, barrett brooks rob ellis we are sports take jacob sports youtube network right back
9: My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since
11: 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all
12: about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for
2: the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit, and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
13: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
6: what's up everybody we're back we are sports take jacob sports youtube network derek barrett and rob i I don't know if you guys saw this uh story but uh vegas knights goaltender robin Lerner and his wife filed for bankruptcy citing up to 50 million in debt to uh, to dozens of creditors they filed chapter seven bankruptcy um and which which opens up the books to this thing and, and some of the issues but um including money owed to no fewer than 50 people and companies they filed bankruptcy on december 30th um after a wisconsin company sued them for four million dollars claiming they failed to make yeah it just just a mess like some of it is just you know business stuff which yeah i don't know there's they have a company still uh, solar code and all this other stuff but one of the one of the issues um one of the debts included missed payments for a collection of rare snakes he purchased for $1.2 million in 2017. Now, here's the what? thing. If you're getting $1.2 million in snakes, you got way too much money and time on your hands, man. Exactly. What, what <laughs> <the hell laughs> are you doing?
8: Dude? Who's buying these things?
6: $1.2 million for a snake purchase. What kind of reptile
7: is worth that kind of money? Incredible. First of all, yeah. I'm trying um, to figure I, out why. That's what I'm trying to figure out why. He keeps
6: them at a reptile farm in Missouri. I, I'm assuming he's breeding them to make money. I, like, do you really uh, love snakes that much?
8: I uh, When I covered the Steelers, Steelers had a linebacker back, named Chad Brown. That's my boy. Was, yeah. He was there. I mean, he's such a good dude. He was big into reptiles. He had a reptile business that was based out of Colorado. And he made he made good profit off of it, but he sold reptiles that were common to most people. the, the, the lizards, the snakes, and stuff like that they were they were When you got in college, yeah, he did. As a matter of fact, there were certain people who wouldn't room with him because they, they were afraid of the snakes that he had. Yep. But when you when you're investing money into a rare type of reptile, only a small people who are really into reptiles, will really try to purchase these things. It's not like it's a big market to own poisonous snakes, uh, lizards, and get six feet long, or whatever the case may be. What What in the world, who in the world advised him or possessed him to put that kind of money into reptiles?
10: Yeah, bro, put it it's like this. It's
8: crazy.
7: It, I can remember back in the day, you know, like I said, he played at Colorado. He played with the enemy. Yes, um, yep. You know, just talking to him, just getting like a, uh, getting to all those guys. I, I went up to uh, Boulder, kicking in a Boulder, and I went to his room. He had over 300 snakes. I believe in it. his room. Over 300. You know what I mean? That's crazy.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I'm but, sorry. But, man. but they I'm were com- they were like the albino python. They were stuff that interests people who are into reptiles at a reasonable price. You know yep. what I mean? Not some extravagant price. like... I mean, are you, are you kidding me? But but 50, You when you're a professional athlete and you've heard the horror stories over the last 20 years, how athletes are duped out of their money in bad investments, real estate investments, stock market investments, so on and so forth, the pyramid schemes. Aren't you just a little bit more cautious with your money considering you'll never make that kind of money again in your life? Yeah, he signed a
6: five-year, twenty-five million-dollar deal in twenty twenty with, with the uh, with the Lightning. I, I don't know.
8: I don't Jeez. get it. I don't get it. I, 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 hopefully, you can find a way out of this. But fifty million dollars in debt whiz, man. That is. A I mean, lot. I would like to buy. I would like to buy a snake and just kind of leave it in truck one day. Just. To <laughs> see I'm not scared of snakes though. But, I mean, some people just got their things. You know what
7: I'm saying? Like, some people have a couple green eggs. They got griddles. They got all these
8: these (laughs) barbecue grills. (laughs) I'm not thinking you're afraid of reptiles, but think about it. You get in your car. You you focus on what you got to do. All of a sudden, you look on something slithering next to you. No. That, that initial yeah. shock value, Rob's like, "Oh, heck well, no. Uh, I have a thing
6: with snakes, man. I, Do I you don't, really? You no know, even garden snakes, I freak out, man. Do you? you Come cool, on, man. one hundred percent. Yeah. What no.
8: about mice? Yeah, same thing.
6: <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mice? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hundred
8: percent. I look forward to those moments when I get those little wooden traps, and I can find one somewhere near a wood pile outside. Put a. All of a sudden, you hear. Oh. <laughs> He gone. Bro, bro. Remember, we used to be at the office.
6: Oh, yeah.
7: Oh, geez. Oh,
6: yeah. All the time. Oh, here's – and you look down and once. You can never leave anything on the ground. How you do that, Rob? You couldn't even leave. Like, if you left your bag on the ground, you would get a a present going home. You'd have a present in your bag. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was
8: gross. Hey, what about our boy Neil Hartman? Remember, he used to keep all these snacks in a cabinet above the cabinet see, one day. Yeah, it, was of cereal. Pla- it was nothing but plastic and, and and foil wrappers left. All the goodies inside his treats were gone, man. Yeah,
6: they went to town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so close, Dude, How many
8: man. times did you sit there, Rob? You'd be sitting there typing. I'll of the corner you're like, did I really see that? You yeah. see a blur run across you on the carpet. You start
6: questioning speak? yourself, like, am I seeing things? Like, right, yourself, right, right,
7: right. Like, I've been here too long. i would be like, yo, I've been here too
6: long. Yeah, it's guy. time to, I got to go home.
7: To
8: go. No, but it was
6: real. It's
7: very
8: hey, real. Man, I, I remember looking down, one sitting there looking at me like, what you going to do, D-Gun? What you want to do? You I, he wouldn't move. little yeah. gray one. What is, like, yeah. He's like, what you want, want some? D-gun? Yeah. What you, you want to do? You want to take it outside? What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i'm telling you it is it's oh. unbelievable
6: uh all right let's hit some uh let's hit some birthdays and then i, I have an eagles question that i want to uh i want to Pretty circle good back with.
9: Man. very
6: good yeah you're yeah. right very good um let's start with this one muhammad ali uh born on this day 1942 he would have been 81 years old today the
8: greatest yep. most you know. nervous i've ever been doing an interview really where was? He? When was? I was in Milwaukee working for CBS, and he had come into town for some function, and we were down in some ballroom or something, and we secured a, a lot. Li- I secured a live interview with him, and my hand was shaking like this the whole interview, <laughs> you know, like this, and it was like five, I wouldn't say follow ups, bleeps, and blunders, but um, I couldn't get my questions out, you know, right. clearly. He was so gracious and so kind. He played with it and stuff, but. That's the most nervous I'd ever be. I always tell that story about it's the most nervous I've ever been interviewing of all the great athletes I've interviewed. It was no question. I mean, I grew up I, I watching anybody already. doing that, man. I can see,
7: I can't see anybody making you nervous doing an interview.
8: That, that was, and I've been in the business, maybe I've been in the business, maybe five years. And that was, that was by far the most nervous I've ever been of interviewing anybody. And he was, he was as nice and as funny as you 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 could ever imagine. Somebody of that stature being, I'm sitting there going, I watched I watched this dude my whole life, with my dad, be the greatest of all time, one of the most controversial figures of the '60s and the '70s for what he believed in, and I'm interviewing him. And when I got done, I asked him, so "What was it like?" With you know, friends and family, You right. stood next to Muhammad Ali. What was that like? You know, and it was it was funny because. It was, from my perspective, it was more negative than good in terms of I have my questions, ready, like I always do. I have my questions ready, but it's just that I'm next to Muhammad Ali.
6: Yeah. And I was like
8: shaking like a leaf,
6: man. That's fine, But I bet you he was used to it because he was such a, he was. a, a well-known figure. He, he probably yeah. had a lot of people, especially
7: people early in their career. I can definitely believe that. Nervous yeah. as heck, yeah. you know, oh, trying yeah. to interview him. Yeah. I was in a room with him one time. It was the year we went to the Super Bowl. he was actually in Detroit. And we were, you know, we were at this event and he was sitting there with his people. He was sitting down with his people, you know, and like you couldn't just walk up to him and start talking to him, but just be in the room with him. You know, like, you know, all these all these big time football players in the room, you know, everybody was there. You know what I'm saying? And he had more attention, drew more attention than everybody in the spot. Mm
8: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah. I believe it. I believe it.
8: Mm. And
6: everywhere he went, it was probably the same thing. You know, that kind of craziness. Uh, So Muhammad Ali. Betty White would have been 101 today. She
7: she Ooh, died nice, just, like Betty White.
6: Yeah, she died just short of her 100th birthday, man. Yep. So, uh
8: Died on New Year's Eve, too.
6: Is that was it New Year's Eve? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So she would have what yeah. god 18 days before she would have had her birthday, before she would have wow. turned 100. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Still active up to the end. Too. You yeah, know yeah, something? Sharp, too. Sharp. Um James Earl Jones. Maybe the greatest voice uh, out there. He uh, he turns ninety two today. Right. CNN, Darth Vader. Oh yeah. We could go on and on and on. Commercials. Guys were, yeah, mm. voiced over over the years. Not not to mention all of his acting uh, that he's done also. But yeah, James is still with us, so that's a that's a good thing. Ninety two years old, still doing his thing. Uh, Jim Carrey, sixty one years old. Um, you know, talk about range.
7: See, he does everything.
8: Oh my. Oh God. my
6: goodness. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely incredible. Ben Franklin was born on this day, one of our founding fathers at 1706. If you don't know much about him, I I would just suggest to people, go back and just look at a little bit of what this guy invented. Right. What he was able to do. I mean, you talk about brilliant. I mean, way ahead of his time. Like, saw things years and years and decades, hundreds of years in advance incredible what ben franklin was able to do there's a you great know, pbs special on him too if you ever get a chance to watch it it's really good
8: one one of the things that really fascinated me when i moved here to the philadelphia area was you know you go downtown you have the liberty bell across the street you have independence hall and then you take a walk down the street and you have that courtyard there where the ben franklin museum is mm-hmm. and you see some of the artifacts that he created and you're like i never knew this yeah. And I've been there maybe six, seven times. And every time I go in there, I'm still just as fascinated um, by some of the, I mean, you think about how primitive the time was back then. Mm-hmm. His, his mind was brilliant beyond far, decades beyond his time in terms of mm-hmm. what he came up with. And, you know, obviously the trial and errors he went through to get to the final product that he came up it was unbelievable.
10: Yeah.
6: I mean, start at the post office, uh, you, you know, print printers and, print presses and yeah. philosopher and you know uh you know obviously the foresight of what our country needed with with you know the constitution sure what he was able to do there it's uh, colleges found a college it's like this guy was he was was unreal so uh ben franklin yeah 1706 uh steve harvey born in this yep. day nineteen six. uh yeah he is 66 today uh steve harvey is born on this day uh former first lady Michelle Obama is 59 years young today. Uh, Happy birthday to her. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is 43 years old today. Mm -hmm. Actress. Uh, Dwayne Wade, 41 today. NBA Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer. Uh, Al Capone, born on this day in in 1899. Wow. Yeah. Notorious. Notorious for sure. Yeah. Eartha Kitt on this day, 1927. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Good. Marcus was it Marcus <laughs>
6: Marcus.
7: <laughs> she had
6: that voice that like, whoa, whoa, a chilly, chilling, right? Right, right, thing right. going on there. Uh, Calvin Harris, the uh, the DJ, uh, hip hop entertainer, is 39 years old. Kid Rock is 52 today. Uh, Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles, the lead singer, is 64. That was uh, 80s strong right there. Susanna Hoff will keep moving. Uh, Lil John. Fifty-two years old today. I guess, can we still call right, Is he still Lil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Can he still be Lil John, or is he kind of like right, right? He's old John. John. Yeah. Um, Andy Kaufman was born on this day in nineteen forty-nine. The comedian and actor died very young. Uh, died in nineteen eighty-four. Mori Povich, you are the father. You are not uh, yes. born on this day. Or is, is eighty-four years old. Um, what did I miss? What else? who did I miss? who did I miss? Ray J. Ray J. Ray J. Okay. Bear's Ray J. has got
8: Bear's got Ray J. That's your guy B.
7: <laughs>
8: no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
7: uh Jerry Ronick, the hockey player. How oh, Jr.'s birthday
6: today. Okay. 53 today. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Yep. How about you, Derek?
7: That's it.
8: That's it. Uh, you got all, all the ones I had. Okay.
7: You uh, didn't, you you do went through a bunch of them today, man, but you didn't okay. get uh Jake Paul, he's 26 today.
6: Oh, I missed him.
7: Yeah. Is he
6: now Boxer?
7: Boxer slash.
6: Whatever he is. UFC slash. I don't don't really know what he is, but yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, (laughs) uh, Movies. Got a few. Gone with the Wind. This day, 1939. Gone with the Wind was made uh, Juice with Tupac on this day in 1992. Mm -hmm. Bad Boys for Life. What was that? Was that the third or the fourth? I think there was, a... the no, was the fourth. It was definitely at least the third, at least. Bad Boy I for th- Life? I yeah. thought there was only three. I'm saying that. I think that was the third one.
8: No? Is, is one. that yeah. the one? um His son. Is, is that the one he, he finds out he has a son and the son's trying to kill him? Yep. You know, as much as I liked all three, I like the third one the best. Yeah, so, really? you you Kate, De, Kate, uh, Deca, De, what's her name? She's like the biggest star in Mexico, biggest actress name in Mexico. Kate, Deca, I can't forget her telling. name, but uh, what, what? I said, she's the biggest actress in Mexico. Stop trying to instigate. Uh, the uh, Del, Castillo. Del Castillo,
6: Del Castillo. Del that that Castillo, that's yep. it. Yep. I'm yeah. telling.
8: Um, who are you going to tell? <laughs> I'm not telling Ghostbusters, you- believe that. <laughs> Look, hey, he look, a call. look, look, look. this ain't yeah. like Rob Ellis when you mention certain females' names and he gets that Cheshire Cat grin on his face. Oh, this okay. ain't one of them, bro. You know, I just said she's like the, one of the most famous actually uh, actresses in Mexico. That's all I said. Mm-hmm. Look look at Rob's face. See? That's that look <laughs> right there. That's
6: it. It See? was the third one, by the way. It was the third one. It was. Um, okay,
8: so that's the one I like. I like that one the most.
6: Yeah yeah the second one wow this big big stretch there were 17 years between the second and the third yeah you believe it? Um, wow. anyway so yeah that you, was you uh you tell about
8: martin lawrence man he was a little punchy in that third <laughs>
6: right <laughs> martin had that
8: ai face
6: where you get kind of a little expanded, um it was the other one So, all right, all right that's all i got for movies what else do you what else do you guys have
8: uh, movie-wise, uh, let's see. Uh, Doolittle came out in 220 with Selena Gomez, John Cena, Robert Downey Jr., Antonio Banderas. Uh, a Fall from Grace, 2020. Uh, you ever watched the series? And I got it hooked on his movies. Jack Ryan. Oh, very the, good. Uh, They're very. Yeah. Good. Jack Ryan, a uh, Shadow Recruit, came out in 2014. Okay. Uh, there's another one, a kids movie called Kangaroo Jack. It was a decent movie. Uh, you know me, I've seen all these kids movies. Uh, Came out in 2003. That was a pretty good one as well. Okay. That was it. All right.
6: All right. Not bad, Barrett. You got any? Nope. Okay. Um, all right. So hey, here's, we, Nope. <laughs> here's where we are uh from an Eagles perspective. So we're sitting here. It's Tuesday. They play Saturday. That much we know. Now, the most active practice, I would assume, I don't know if they push that up to Wednesday, but it's generally Thursday for a Sunday game. So I don't know. But – Nick Sirianni said today there's no holds barred on anything from Jalen Hurts. So he's going to throw fully is the way they put it uh, with no restrictions on it. You know, so that's at least a good sign. I don't know that he's going to be 100%. I don't know how much he's improved, but at least, you know, they're letting him let it rip. The other thing is we know that Lane Johnson's going to practice fully too. And he's he wants to see how – I think part of this is going to be just gauging you know how how heavily he needs to dip into the pharmaceutics on uh, on Saturday, you know, just to see how sore he is and what he's able to do. I don't or, know, man.
8: You know, some, some of these guys are crazy enough. I'm not taking any drugs. I'm gonna play. I want to know how it feels. I'm gonna play through the pain. Yeah, you go right ahead and do that if you want to. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying Lane's one of those guys. Lane's crazy enough to be one of those guys. I don't know if he'll take that approach, but you know. Lane has that mindset, you know what, I would, I need to feel it. I need to know exactly what it feels like. Because, you know, bear, bear to tell you, sometimes you take that shot, you play through it, and you do worse damage because you can't feel it. And you keep playing instead of knowing your body telling you, when. hey, you need to back off and shut this down right now. Mm-hmm. You know, And obviously, you know, if, if the Eagles do make it to the conference championship and the Super Bowl, you, you don't want Lane to possibly do something that much worse to it. Right. You know, Dave Murphy just said it took, well, you know, the common man took almost a year to get back to where he wanted to be, in terms well, of just playing pickup basketball. You know,
7: worse is all relative because once it's torn, it's torn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but can't
8: you do worse damage to it too? You can tear it worse or do something. Couldn't you? Couldn't you? He needs surgery on it, anyways.
7: Yeah, uh, like I never had surgery on mine. Uh, yeah,
6: he's he has said that he's definitely getting the surgery. It's just a matter of
7: you know just holding up. Yeah, I never got the surgery. that's just just too close, bro. Yeah. We're too close to what? Yeah, too close. Too close to what? Too close, bro. You trying to get me <laughs> in trouble. Man. If
6: you don't have to. Two the
7: jewels, yes.
6: Yeah. Huh? You know, you're not looking to get anything that you you don't have to get done down there. Right, right. Elective surgery. <laughs> what is wrong with Derek, man? I know. <laughs> he's fishing. He's on a fishing expedition. Not his usual kind is, is what he's doing. <laughs>
8: I just figured, you know, Bears the kind of guy, he gets those moments, he's going to say what he's going to say when it comes out. It's You know, you, you say something, you, and, and it's not until it comes, passes your lips you say, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. Right, right, you know, I thought about I figured I could catch you in one of those moments. Every now right. and then you have one of those moments. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, you just here, here's what you hope, right? So he gets through these two games at least, yep. and then at least he gets another bye where mm-hmm. you can kind of rest that thing up a little bit and then just and that's it you know it's it's not gonna be easy I, by any stretch it's it's definitely not
7: gonna be easy uh, you gotta think yeah, here, man, it, you gotta think can you suffer through 65 plays
8: well here's the thing though yeah he's bowed out of two games over the last month because of it yeah okay yeah. so that tells me one one wrong step one wrong plant one wrong push boom that's it you're done yep you know, if you if if you don't feel it, if you can't feel that, if you take that shot, I mean, that's why I said, can't you do worse damage to something like that?
7: Uh yeah, I, I mean, but I still played on it though. You know what I mean? I still for how many I, games I, though? How many games? Like I say it was it was like two years, man, a year and a half. Two you years, played on that for two years? Like he would it would heal up, and then I hurt it, and it'll hurt me for like two months, and I'll heal up, and I hurt it again. I mean, it was like that.
8: Damn. Well, that, that explains a lot, then. Okay. Right.
7: Yeah, that's uh, – look, that's a, <laughs>
8: I, I got to tell you, man, I worry
6: more about him holding up than I do Jalen.
7: Right, right. That's, that's a that's good the, point. That, that, that lies, point. There lies the point that I – you know, I mean, and you can't like you can save him till next week. So, we're going no. against either no. Dallas or, or the 49ers. Right. Yeah, there is no, no. tomorrow. You're, I, <laughs> I was, was just about to say it. To- <laughs> As you said
6: earlier. <laughs> That's true. There,
3: man. Is
8: no tomorrow. No tomorrow.
3: <laughs>
7: there is
8: no tomorrow. There
7: is <laughs> no
6: tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody quotable line. Big
7: what fan you are, to, uh, to oh. Rocky man? You, you you are just off the chain with him, bro. So
6: many quotable lines. <laughs> I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. I heard his new series is oh. pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard about it too. Something, yeah. He's in like Memphis or something. I forget what it's called, but it's, he's like um, a...
7: it's, it's the the uh, Apollo Creed uh, Creed Creed Creed. Oh no, I don't even
6: mean that. Uh, he oh. Stallone's doing a new series. Uh, oh no, uh, really?
7: Yeah, hold on, I'll see if I can find it.
6: I, I it's actually gotten pretty decent reviews. Um, Stallone right,
7: just Stallone. Well, Stallone and 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 um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tulsa
6: King. Tulsa King is the name of it. Mm. It's on
7: Paramount. I haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, they're gonna take this to the limit. No, they are. They are.
6: <laughs> you they are. Say,
7: they'll be wrinkled up with muscles.
6: <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, he's he is seventy, I think he'll be
7: seventy-seven this year. So can you imagine,
6: And he's still doing this.
7: He's you know, still running up them stairs. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah,
6: he was born. So he was born in forty six. So he'll wow. be seventy-seven in July. July sixth. Wow. It is That's crazy. Amazing. Arnold's Arnold's right around that age. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're right around the If anybody's seen it, yeah, Fitness Rebel, I uh, I think has she's seen it, I'd be curious where people on are, Paramount? are it's oh,
10: on
7: Paramount. Paramount.
10: Okay. Yeah. Appreciate
7: uh,
8: that. Appreciate uh, that. Where, man, that. I got, I got all these you. channels, Paramount, uh, Secret Solutions at it too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you know, Paramount Prime, HBO Max. It's I can't a lot. Keep up it's too much. Stuff, man. It's too much. You know, my and kids it's way are too expensive. Had... Yeah, you know like like uh my my kids are Dan, have you seen this on Paramount like what? Like my son last night told me about this new series out on uh, HBO Max. I watched the first installment called The Last of Us.
7: It's kind of like
8: a a Walking Dead type. Yeah, I'm watching that now. uh, How many episodes are out? Just one. Just okay. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" My son told me the series is out. I'm like, "Did I hit the wrong button or something?" Mm. No, I only saw one one episode. But that first episode was good. It was good,
7: man. It's 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 real good, man. I I can't wait to start seeing the monsters. I want to see how they look, bro.
8: Well, you do get a sample
7: of them in the first episode. Well, they weren't really looking like this. I'm not, I can't say it because people no, you can't it. don't yeah. give yeah, it don't don't away. Spoil man. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. Yeah, you tell on, you have what you're you you No, seen I
6: have the not robber? seen it, but you would recommend okay. it. You guys would recommend I it. I definitely recommend yeah, it. Yeah.
8: yeah. Okay. It gets it gets a little long. I thought it was a little long in spots, but the overall plot right is pretty good. But you have to pay attention from the beginning because it builds up from a certain year to a certain year to a certain year. Okay. So you have to be gotcha. attentive, you know. All don't right. One of those uh, CTE moments.
6: We're uh, we're wrapping today. So tomorrow uh, we'll keep it rolling, man. We keep it rolling, as you said, for the Eagles and the Giants. Divisional round at Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday night. All right. I want to thank everybody in the chat section. Everybody streamed. Everybody listening. Uh, of course, don't go anywhere. We have the uh, the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. I want to thank Xander Kraus, producer of the program. Fellas, it was fun. We'll do it at the same time tomorrow. Okay. Sound good? Sound like a plan? Uh, Make yeah, it happen. No, no, All no. right. It'll be host We'll be ready we for see you guys day. tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Thanks for watching.
9: Uh, Francolino, I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since
11: 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru, and through the Subaru Love Promise. We prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now.
12: So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most.
11: When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty.